One, two, is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. Just in case you've forgotten. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the two-time wrestling radio show of the year. Wrestling News Live. The bad boys of wrestling radio, the trade dog. We will never use the words shit, fuck, god, Jesus, fit, or any other racial or sexual slurs. And JJ Sexay. I did not. I repeat, I did not sleep with that young intern. As a matter of fact, I was up. Night. Wrestling News Live. For the fans, by the fans. That's right, the franchise is back. Wrestling News Live. Demanding more respect from you starting now. Here are your hosts, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexay. All right, guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling News Live. Right here on the SNS Radio Network, just a little over 24 hours removed from TNA's biggest show of the year, Bound for Glory. And there's bound to be fallout right here on tonight's show. I'm sure there's news coming out of the pay-per-view. A lot of people confused, dazed, and utterly not sure what to make of it. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the mic, JJ Sexay. And joining me on the line, he is the host of Wrestling News Live. The Trey Dog is in the house. Don't piss me off. They say I'm cocky. 
I guess three and one isn't too bad overall. As I'm watching the final quarter of Monday Night Football here in the palatious new apartment for the doghouse. I, I got to tell you, we were talking on my Facebook page, JJ, and, you know, live from apartment four doesn't carry the same weight as C-23 bitches. No, it doesn't really. Uh, you know, there there is no uh, <laughs> apartment C-23 bitches. It's just, what, apartment four? It's just apartment four now. And and the thing about it is, is some of the guys on my Facebook page have have mentioned that they think it'd be a good idea just to go get some stickers and put C-23 on the door. Uh, you know, it's it's got legs. Go for it. But I will say that this is one nice place, and I know my brother's not listening, but if he were, I would want to thank him for all of his help in the last two days of moving my furniture because... He's uh, in his mid-20s and bigger than I am, so I'm not a stupid guy. I just said, hey, <laughs> I'll buy you dinner. Come over and carry all this stuff up these stairs because I don't have the back for it that I used to. And so we got it all moved in today. Finally got finished about 7 o'clock tonight, and uh, and I'm just happy. I'm finally on hardwired internet. I got my own cable package. I've got... The MLB channel, NFL channel, I've got the sports package, I've got G4 TV again, finally. Although, I turned it on twice today, and they weren't talking about video games either time, so I turned it. Hey, I think nowadays you're seeing stuff like Freaks and Geeks, which I actually like. That's a good show. And yeah. uh, they've definitely added some uh, some programming to G4. It's not, It's a lot like the MTV network used to be when, back in the day... You would actually have music videos on and, a Wednesday. Yeah, it was a Wednesday. You know, I I thought of you yesterday, or maybe it was Saturday. I think it was Saturday while I was at work. Um, I didn't call you because obviously the uh, first ever diva of the Sunday Night Showdown Network was at home, and I didn't want to interrupt any you know good times that might be being had. So I just thought I'd wait and tell you tonight. Um, I saw the coolest trailer. And I haven't heard anything about this. If you've brought it up on your show, Unplugged, which airs on Fridays after SmackDown. Um, Cheap plug. Yeah. Um, I saw the trailer for DC Online. Yeah. Have you seen that? I have. Uh, I know that Greg Miller from IGN has uh, been talking a lot about that on his various podcasts over at IGN, like Game Scoop and Podcast wow. Beyond. But it looks I'm fantastic. I'm not a DC fan, dude, by, the, by any stretch of the imagination. If they do this, if they can do this as cool for Marvel as they've done for DC, Warcraft may be pushed to the side. I hear you. As far as I know with Marvel, there's only one thing that uh, they've been talking about. They just released a game called X-Men Destiny, where you're mm. basically going to pick your own, uh, you know, you're going to pick your powers, and I guess you're... You're mutant, and you're going to start off at the school. So it's going to be similar to the DC Online, but I think it's going to be uh, for consoles like PS3 and the Xbox 360. Oh, that'd be even better. That'd be even better. But no, the uh, the and not the you know what's wrestling news live. There's no topic that's not you know safe. But just saying that the DC Online trailer. If you get a chance to go check it out, man, go check it out. If you're a superhero fan, you will enjoy it. Um, the minute that Wonder Woman dies and Superman comes to life, he's trapped in space in like a coma. 
and the minute she dies, out of all the fighting that's going on, it's her scream that wakes him up. Oh, and wow. he comes down to earth and starts kicking some serious ass. It's pretty badass. I mean, if you like the, if you like the Justice League, like Flash and the Green Lantern and Batman's even in it, you know, uh, it's just really, really cool. If you get a chance, check it out. Definitely, I'll do that. However, we will uh, get to the meat and potatoes of the show and what brings us here every Monday night, professional wrestling. Um, <laughs> there's already been a Matt Hardy penis reference in the chat room. All right. Good job. Um, they beat us to it tonight. I know. Last night, Bound for Glory, 10, 10, 10. A lot of people are upset. Uh, I've read some people that thought it was great. It's got mixed reviews. I'm of the mind we won't know until Thursday. I'm holding out judgment. This is one of those moments in wrestling where, like, when Vince's limo blew up and everybody was like, oh, God, oh, God. I said, well, let's just wait and see what happens. Now, of course, Chris Benoit kind of, you know, made that whole thing short. But it would have been interesting to see where they went before we all just took a big dump on it. And that's where I kind of am right now. I want to wait and I want to see what happens with their next taping. Because like I said last night on Sunday Night Showdown, it's all going to depend on what they do Thursday. I really believe that. I think it's all going to depend on how they do their taping on Thursday, how they perceive this group, how this group mixes in with uh, they're already being a group like Fortune. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. And I reserve my real judgment, my final ruling, if you will, until that point. I think that's that's I think that's fair. But even after last night, after uh, the episode of Sunday Night Showdown covering Bound for Glory, I'm still left kind of confused. I mean, you 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 kind of brought a lot of points, you know, uh, out that I did understand, but. Of all the people in the match, and I know you're going to say that nobody would have expected that. I actually talked to Boom Boom today, and she said that it was a great swerve because nobody saw Jeff Hardy being the heel in that particular scenario. I mean, it would have been easy to picture a guy like Kurt Angle. It would have been easy to picture a guy like Mr. Anderson. But for it to be Jeff Hardy is really just out of the question. And I really... We've never really seen Jeff Hardy as as a heel in the past, and I, I got to be real honest that the the argument that I have reserved for AJ Styles that you know he's a guy that's made the heel transition. However, he still performs like a babyface in a lot of his matches. He's still hitting those high spots. He's still making the crowds pop. Uh, when you wrestle a heel style, you have to change your in-ring work. I mean, that's just the way it is. Jeff Hardy's not going to change his ring style just because he's a heel. He's still going to go out there. He's still going to hit the swantons. He's still going to, you know, hit everything that the crowd pops for, the crazy moves. And I just don't see him being... But what if he does it? What if he comes out Thursday and says, and cuts a promo, and says, all that stuff I did putting my body on the line, jumping off the tallest structure, jumping through tables, jumping off ladders, swan tons, trying to break my back, break my neck for you fans. Those days are over. I don't have to do that anymore because I'm part of whatever they call themselves, and now I'm getting paid well enough. I don't need to do that crap anymore, and I don't care whether you like it or not. 
If that happens, I'll eat my words. If this works, then again, I'll have nothing but positive things that to say. That won't happen. You're right. You're right on what will happen. I'm just saying, what if? There's a lot of what ifs. We are left with a lot more questions than answers right now, and that's usually the makings of a good pay-per-view ending. You know, kind of keeping you on the edge of your seat, right, right, waiting right. to tune in. But, but, but maybe not your biggest pay-per-view of the year. You kind of want to have, you want to get closure there. Yes and no. I mean, it has worked in the past for WrestleManias. I mean, who can forget WrestleMania 17 or WrestleMania X7, depending on you know how you want to pronounce the title, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in the main event for the WWE Championship. And what happens? Vince McMahon comes out at the end, aligns himself with Stone Cold Steve Austin, a guy that he feuded with for years and was his biggest rival in the company. The biggest feud he ever had, most notably, was Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon, the chairman. He aligns himself with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, of course, on the next night on Raw, we saw him align himself with Triple H as well. So, I mean, that was something that they put in motion where, you know, they were looking to, to have a new beginning. And I think with Bound for Glory, that's that's where they're going. It's it's a way to end all the storylines around that. They finally revealed who they were. Or excuse me, who them were, because we're still they. But they finally revealed them. And, you know, we had the huge swerve at the end. And it, it, it's almost like that Austin uh, Rock match from WrestleMania X7 where McMahon right. comes out and aligns himself with Stone Cold Steve Austin, which wasn't a closure. It was more of a new beginning. Well... I look at this group, and I said I even thought of a few more things that have happened in the buildup for this storyline that they did. I, I, I don't care what anybody says. You can throw me under the bus. You can stop listening to the show and think I'm an idiot. I don't care. I think this is one of the best built-up storylines, structure-wise, that we've seen in wrestling in a long, long time. And just going back to Sting, originally saying... Hey, look, you guys screwed up by bringing them here. You don't know what they're capable of, and I do, to the point where Bischoff and Hogan got into Dixie's head and got her to release Sting until further notice because they told her that he was a cancer. Now, when has Sting ever been a cancer? Sting has always been the guy fighting for the right of the company, even when he did it against the NWO and took the year off and came back to single-handedly take on the NWO. You know, this is another NWO-like deal, and Sting is there to fight the good fight once again. You know, so even as going as far back as that, then you've got the meetings with Kevin Nash, where Kevin Nash was being stood up by Hogan or Ann Bischoff, depending on the show. Neither one of, none of the meetings could ever get both of them together. You know what I mean? And he kept feeling like they were just kind of looking over him and, you know, not giving him any any just due. So he went to the ring and cut a promo telling everybody that he knew what was going on and that it, Sting wasn't crazy and that he was going to tell everybody what Sting was wanting to say. And then who came out? Jeff Jarrett, who's also aligned with Bischoff and Hogan. Now you ask why? Well, it's no secret that Jarrett didn't want to come back to TNA and had to come and beg had to come and beg Dixie for a job. You remember that? I do. And then Foley is the one that had to go to him to get him to come back. And when he did come back, he finds out that the company he founded has been given basically 
carte blanche to Bischoff and Hogan. So he's angry with Dixie. She's in power. He has no power. What better way to get your power back? Well, align yourself with the two guys that you think might be able to take her power from her. And that's exactly what he's done. Right. You know, Samoa Joe was a borderline guy that had ties to Kevin Nash, has had ties to Sting in the past, and they felt like, hey, if this guy gets on their team with Pope and the other two, we could have a problem. Let's make him fight for us first. And that's what they did. They used him, and they showed that last night by leaving him in the ring to be killed by Sting and Bischoff, or by Sting and, and Nash and the Pope. By Jarrett walking out on him the way he did, that signified, hey, we just used you, dude. You were nothing but a pawn. That's, That's true. all he was, was hired muscle. All right? Then you've got uh, Dixie doing whatever she can to get rid of Abyss. Bischoff hands her a piece of paper and tells her it's his release. Don't read it. Just sign it. He'll take care of the rest. What do you think that was? Uh, control of the company. Power of attorney over the company. And now it's in the hands of Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. Which I think was brilliant, quite frankly. So all these things they've done, including including stripping RVD of the title, was done by Hogan and Bischoff. The only reason that Jeff Hardy even was in a three-way for that title, number one, was because they stripped RVD. Then they had to have a tournament. It was Bischoff who kept putting Hardy in the thing, even though there wasn't an official winner of the match between Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy. You know, Dixie wanted them to fight it out to have a fucking winner. That's Bischoff's true. the one that called the match at the pay-per-view and then came down and overturned Dixie and put them both in the main event at the pay-per-view to begin with. It's the only way he could get his guy, Jeff Hardy, into the match. Everything they did went right over everybody's head. And yes, Hogan did have back surgery, but he wasn't about to die, and he wasn't in there having five or six surgeries. All that was just a big work. All of it to get the, the, the dirt sheets and the cut and pasters to copy news and spread rumors. And then finally, TNA got footage and put it on their own show on the Thursday before the pay-per-view as if to say, well, we're not going to show any of this. We're going to let the Internet do our work for us. And then somebody got nervous and said, oh, well, we better at least show a little bit. They just couldn't resist showing that footage on TV. And it was when they showed that footage, and I saw Hogan's girlfriend, whatever she is, pretending to be upset, I knew then this was all bullshit, and Hogan was the man behind the group. Well, and that's and that's a good point. I mean, a lot of things should have kind of led us to that uh, to that perspective. I'm just glad that I said it in the chat room and on the show before it ever got to that point, so that people didn't go, "Oh, you just waited till you saw it to claim that you knew what you were you, you, you were talking about." No, that that's the one good thing about you, Trey. You definitely put it out there that you kind of knew what direction this was going to take, and you know, I, I give you credit. I think you were absolutely right. Doesn't happen all the time, but goddamn, sometimes I mean, every blind squirrel finds an acorn. Well, do yourself a favor and uh, recall some old memories of Barry Horowitz. Pat yourself on the back, and we'll do. There you go. Uh, with that said, I want to go to the phone lines. Uh, joining us right now on the line five zero one five eight eight seven nine five seven. We have Nick Paglino of WrestleZone dot com. What's going on tonight, Nick? 
Guys, how you doing? A uh, uh, lot of news actually coming out of, uh, uh, of of tonight's events. It's just as far as WWE and TNA and uh, Impact tapings and everything. So you can head over to WrestleZone to check out some of that stuff. But uh, how you guys doing? Uh, we're good. We're good. No, uh, no two-hour interview today, but we're doing good. All right. All right. Good. Yeah, we actually have uh, to host a show this week. That's right. You do. <laughs> so you have to work hard this week. <laughs> that's right uh yeah uh you know some 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 stuff I, I heard you guys talking obviously about the uh the tna pay-per-view sort of been the big buzz for the last 24 hours of course oh definitely jeff hardy and the news that jay wow yeah jay wow i don't know show, uh, i've never i've never seen an episode of the jersey shore so when i read on WrestleZone last night that jay wow was coming to tna I went and looked her up. Oh, my God. She has got tits as big as my head. Oh, yeah. there. She's actually, she's the attractive one on the show. You know, a lot of them are, of course, you know, the whole gimmick of the show is that they're trashy Jersey people. Uh, but she actually, when when done up well, can actually look pretty presentable and Pretty good, actually. So I'm going to be very interested to see how this does for TNA because, you know, I think, you know, there was, there's been a lot of, yeah, there were a lot of things uh, on the show at Bound for Glory that, you know, a lot of people felt strongly either way about. But I still think at this point people are, are tending to give the uh, this Jersey Shore act an unfair shake because they really haven't done anything. You know, um, and maybe bringing in somebody like a Jay Wow uh, could turn things around a little bit and give them a bit of that credibility boost. But here's the piece of news uh, that we reported last night, um, sort of exclusively, and I, I would like to get your guys' opinion on this. Of course, TMZ reported that Jay Wow is being paid fifteen thousand dollars for this one night appearance, and according to a couple of sources I spoke with in TNA last night, the backstage feeling is that a lot of guys are appalled that TNA is going to spend $15,000 on bringing in this celebrity to the show when the guys who are bleeding and sweating for the company and putting their lives on the line are, are barely making anything and they could use the money. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Well, I, I got to tell you, when asked recently by Jerry Borash, how do you think the internet affects wrestling today? This is one of the ways. Because for some reason, that information got out, and it should have never got out. That information on what they're paying that girl to come in and bounce her big titties around and act stupid to get the Jersey Shore gimmick over should have never left the person signing the check and the person receiving the check. And there should have been a contract written that said if news gets out, on what you're making to come here, you can forget about coming here because we're not going to pay you. Because all that will do is upset a locker room full of guys and women that put their life on the line and blood and sweat, all that jazz. You know, all it's going to do is cause, you know, the boat to turn over in the water because nothing good can come of it. Now, see, I agree with you to an extent. But here's the thing with Jay Wow that, that I'm just really not impressed with, okay? 
the fact that, you know, there's a lot of these guys that bust their ass. They bleed. They sweat. You know, they take bumps in the ring. They've earned their spot on the roster as entertainers for TNA Wrestling. Some of them might only make about $500 in appearance. And the fact that you're going to pay some big-tittied bitch that's on a show that I have never watched in my life that's getting all this buzz because they are Jersey trash is beyond me. I mean, I totally feel for those guys. You know, however, however, you got to look at it this way, JJ. Those people that are pissed off and complaining, hey, they signed the contract that they're under, and they were happy to do it when they did it. So you got to at least, as a managerial standpoint, say, look, you, you, this is what pisses me off about athletes that sign a contract and then a year later want more money. Motherfucker, you were happy to sign that son of a bitch to feed your family when you signed it, and now out of all of a sudden you want more money. Well, let me tell you this. If we don't start getting some ratings, it ain't going to matter what you sign because you ain't going to get paid because we're not going to be in business. And this show right now is drawing higher ratings than anything else on television. Why, I don't know, but facts are facts, and it is drawing a, a huge rating. They need to bring somebody in to get a rub off of. Somebody from that stupid fucking show wouldn't be a bad way to go about it. So you just got to tell your talent, hey, look, I'm spending the money. It's coming out of my pocket. Don't worry what I'm spending. You worry about wrestling and entertaining our crowds, and I'll worry about my bank account and my budget. Yeah, and Get that person in there to get you a rub and get you some ratings. I, I see what you're saying, Trey, but my point is this. As someone who has worked for independent promotions, it would be like, for example, if Stampede Wrestling were still operating uh, you know, and not closed down, say you had uh, had come into the fold, and they basically brought you in as the trade dog and gave you fifteen thousand dollars to do a spot and well the, fucking worth it i'd say and the guys who've been busting their ass say like a say like a tyson kid or a david hart smith who were here that were only making about 50 bucks you know to wrestle on the card and you're getting fifteen thousand for just coming out saying five uh, saying something for five minutes it's 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 bullshit it's quite frankly that's one of my biggest problems with the sports entertainment industry uh you know on the whole look back at wcw and it was a fucking insult and it was a slap in the face to every guy that ever laced a boot went out there busted his ass and did everything he could to make himself over with the fans and they give the goddamn world heavyweight championship to a guy like david arquette why to push the movie now further what you said they were happy to sign contracts yes and no they were happy to sign a contract because vince mcmahon wouldn't pick up half that roster if they fucking begged him or sucked his dick and that's the problem it's not well, that it's they were happy like this, jj how do you think the players of the NFL feel when Sam Bradford comes in from Oklahoma and hasn't even thrown a pass, but because he's the number one draft pick in the year 2010, he's making more than any quarterback in the league? Well, I don't agree with that either. Well, is, I mean, that's just is, the way it, shit works. It is, because I, I, think, I think any wrestling company would be absolute hypocrites to say that they're not money marks. That's, at the end of the day, what they are. Right. And here's the thing. Jay Wow may have nothing to do with wrestling, and you may not care about her. And it may piss off every guy in that locker room like Kiyoshi or Jay Lethal or anybody who's not getting the push they think they deserve. But the bottom line is she's one of the most popular people on television right now. 
And TNA can go on and on all day long about saying how they're wrestling and they're not sports entertainment. But I guarantee you, if Harrison Ford said, I want to be on Impact next week, they'd pay him whatever the hell they wanted, to, whatever he wanted, to be on Impact. Because the bottom line is they need that mainstream exposure. And if right. they can get somebody like a Wow to endorse TNA wrestling, that's huge, that they think that's huge for them. Whether it will be or not remains to be seen. But, you know, I, I just, my point is, you know, these people are... The bottom line is she's worth the 15000 to somebody in TNA, so that's why they're giving it to her. Well, and you also have to look at the other side of the tracks. You got the WWE bringing in all these celebrities for months and months and months doing this stupid raw guest general manager, and not one of them had the pull or the TV exposure or the popularity of JWoww right now. That's very true. and But at least WWE... It doesn't hide behind, you know, doesn't say, oh, you know, well, we're trying to be a wrestling promotion. They'll be the first ones to admit we're entertainment. So we right. will do whatever we can do to make sure, you know, if we have guest stars come on, that's fine. It all falls it, under the umbrella of entertainment. It also shows you the difference in the locker rooms, the difference of management, how management is perceived. And I, and I mean this from... Between entertain between the entertainers and, and how they perceive management, the difference between the two locker rooms is you got JWoww coming over here to do a one night thing for fifteen thousand dollars and you got a bunch of unnamed wrestlers who won't go on the record and say they're pissed, but they'll do it from backstage interview sources and you know, keep my name out of this, but yeah, I'm pissed off about it. The WWE has Cheech and Chong and Bob Barker and all these other dumb motherfuckers coming in on, on Raw, and you don't hear one thing about one Raw wrestler going, oh, I can't believe what they're paying these guys. Well, okay, but that's the difference. They're not exactly paying these guys to come in. They are bringing them on to promote whatever they have to promote. There's a big difference there. Oh, there's there. a paycheck involved. I'll guarantee it. There's got to be some yeah, kind of I, compensation other know, than I, just I, endorsement. I would have to think there is because, you know, it's always sort of been looked at as a no-no for actual mainstream celebrities to involve themselves in professional wrestling because professional wrestling is looked at as lowbrow and not mainstream and not cool and not hip and people don't Trailer like it. Trailer park trash, and, you, know, you know. You know, you're right. And you, you take a guy like a Justin Long who, you know, this guy actually is a pretty credible celebrity. You know, he's done a lot of stuff. People know who he is. That could have really backfired for him by going on Raw. So, you know, yeah, like you said, it's it's for trailer trash. That's how mainstream audiences perceive wrestling. I guarantee you there's got to be something, you know, in, in that contract, you know, that says, all right, you know, you got to also make an appearance on Raw to promote the movie, and we're going to give you X amount of dollars. Who knows where that comes from? It could come from WWE. It could come from the studio that's promoting the film. You know, but I, I would I would have to agree that they're probably getting something for it. Well, and, I mean, we can afford it, though. Well, okay, <laughs> and, and, and that's a good point, but I've yet to hear any, any celebrity say, oh, I got paid X amount of dollars. Of all that's the guest true. hosts, every guest host we've had, I have not heard one person say, well, they're paying me for this or that. It's always been about promoting their stuff. I'm not going to say 100% for sure they're not getting paid, but unlike, not un, unlike the situation with TNA, 
when Wow, I guess, leaked that she's getting paid $15,000, yeah, you're not hearing that in the WWE. But, I mean, by the same token, dude, it just kind of shows you a difference in company, a difference in spot, a difference in place, you know. If I'm working, and, and I granted now, I know me, and, I, and I've, I've voiced discontent on other things in other places where I've worked, you know. Um, however, I, I just say that if I'm backstage and I'm one of the boys in the TNA locker room, hell, if I'm one of the knockouts and I hear that Wow is coming, and I do my homework, if I don't just speak before doing some research, if I do my homework and I find out that she's one of the most watched people on television right now, and I see the kind of ratings that that stupid show gets, I'm thinking 15000 and it's not coming out of my pocket? Fuck it, bring her on. Well, let, let me just say one thing uh, for everybody listening to this show right now. The fact that I should mark tape here, that Trey just said, imagine I'm one of the knockouts. You would be one ugly fucking bitch. Let me just put it well, that Well, and way. I wouldn't be on Wrestling News Live because I'd be too busy playing with myself. I guess. Wow. Picture, picture Trey with the freaking goatee, the bald head, and the, the fucking dress. That's <laughs> enough to make anybody rather, kill himself. I would himself. rather see the Betty White Playboy issue. Oh, John God. Tonight. You know what? And congratulations, Nick. You get the first one of these tonight. No Betty White Playboy. <laughs> no Betty White Playboy on this show. All right, other than TNA Fallout, I guess uh, I did want to ask you about this. and I'm, not, I'm sure you've seen it. I don't know if there's been an update today, but as of last yeah. night, immediately following uh, Bound for Glory, Matt Hardy, not Matthew all caps, but Matt Hardy uh, cut another video about how... This was the piece of information that had been dropped in his lap about Jeff and how he needed to hurry up and get to TNA so he could basically cross the line and set things straight with his brother. Right, right. Well, it, it sounds to me like uh, we, we actually posted up uh, a Jeff Hardy story last night. From, from what I heard after the pay-per-view last night, the decision to turn Jeff Hardy heel actually was made about three to four weeks ago. Now, I think Matt Hardy said in the video update that he learned the crucial piece of news seven or eight weeks ago. Um, so, which either one is accurate, you know, it's pretty safe to say it was about a month or so ago, say between a month and two months ago, where, where TNA actually made the decision to go with Jeff Hardy. Uh, it had also been rumored that RVD was approached about making the turn, uh, but RVD had no interest in making a heel turn at this point, so they decided to go with Jeff Hardy. This just seems to me like Matt Hardy saying, I mean, and maybe he's right, you know, finally recognizing, look, WWE is not going to do anything with me. I've reached the pinnacle of where I can go in WWE. So I might as well start drumming up internet interest here because I'm going to go to TNA and hopefully I can mooch off the success of my brother in TNA. Because, you know, he didn't say in that promo last night, I, I you know, he was jealous of him. It doesn't seem like if he came into TNA, they would be feuding. He's going to come in to try to ride this success wave. And I'm sure TNA would push him right to the top along with Jeff as soon as he got there. And, you know, we from everything we've always heard, Matt is a, a, a quote-unquote fame whore, and I'm sure that's right where he wants to be right now. 
Well, it's, it's it's the perfect place for it. I mean, like we talked about last night. I don't know if we mentioned this on Sunday Night Showdown, or if this was in our post show conversation with Jeff and I. But I, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, this Hardy heel turn, it's going to last about two or three months, which gives Matt Hardy plenty of time to get released, give Jeff a heel run, and let Matt come over and be the one that turns him back to a babyface. You know, you know, it just works out perfect timing-wise. And the whole time, Matt can do what he does on the Internet, and Jeff can do what he does on TNA. And, and that's a good point, Trey. I just, you know, Nick brought it up just a second ago that they went to both RVD and Jeff Hardy for this heel turn. And when I think of both of those guys, I'm sorry, neither one of them screams, I'm the perfect heel here. I mean, RVD's very laid back, obviously, uh, you know, smoking the pots made him a laid-back kind of guy. I mean, RVD is a heel. No. I mean, it, promo skills-wise, no way. Jeff Hardy's the same way. I mean, he's pretty laid-back. I mean, he goes out there and he does daredevil shit and paints his face up. I, I just I don't know what direction they're going to take, but I have a feeling that Jeff Hardy as the heel is going to fall flat on its face. With that said, I'm willing to see how this works out, but I'm calling it right now. This is going to fail with Jeff Hardy as your guy that you've got in this spot with this group. I just don't see I it would working. Love, I would love for my phone to ring tonight, and I would love for TNA to say, all right, Trey, we've listened to the show. You know we listen to the show. We, we're we ready to give you a chance. Come on down here and help us create Jeff Hardy into a heel because I would let Jeff Hardy, I would lose the face paint, I would lose all the, the, the bright colors. I'd dress in black, just strictly black, sunglasses all the time until he's in the ring, slick his hair back, and never let him speak. Let him say, I'm going to cut one promo. I'm going to tell you one thing, one time. Come out and cut the promo saying, I've put my body on the line for this amount of years. I've put my, my, my body on the line for you, the fans, for me personally. I just signed a deal with whoever they call themselves that's a large enough contract money-wise. I don't ever have to jump off another fucking ladder ever again. I don't ever have to worry about making you cheer. I don't have to worry about doing swanton bombs. All I got to do is show up, look good, and get paid. Because when I show up, you show up. And that's what puts money in my wallet. And then just have him say, until I decide to speak again, I'm done. Do not talk. Let Hogan and Bischoff do all the talking for him like a Don King and a prize fighter co you know, conference and just let him sit back and look like an asshole. And I would make him a big heel within three months, guarantee it. I, I think you know. I think it's really the the great the best way to go because really the Hardy Boys should never be allowed to talk. I mean, neither of them are very good on the mic. Neither they're not good at all on the mic. I mean, you know that video that Matt did. I mean, sure it's going to drum up some controversy, but he is the worst at drumming up a work shoot controversy because he's not a good actor, you know. And nothing comes off as real. It just so comes off as a scripted promo, you know, and Jeff Hardy is the same way, you know, he's going to go out there and he's going to act up, you know, my take on the whole thing was just, you know, what they were doing was obvious, you know, back in 1996, who was the top baby face that you'd never think would go heel? It was Hulk Hogan and they recreated the same thing last night or they tried to, but the difference is Jeff Hardy is not a Hulk Hogan in terms of 
and I'm speaking only in terms of mic work and the ability to sell on the mic like Hogan could. You know, as soon as Hogan cut that very first New World Order promo, he was over as a heel immediately. You know, yep. and it was because he was so over as a great face and such an amazing character on the mic that people were absolutely shocked. I can't believe why would Hogan do this? Jeff Hardy doesn't have that same effect because Jeff Hardy has got to just do... See, but here's the problem now, Trey, and this is what I want to ask you guys. If you take away the swanton and you take away Jeff Hardy jumping off ladders, what do you have? Well, you're going to protect him. I mean, you're going to have his finishing move be the twist of fate, you know. Um, I mean, I'm sitting here in my head while, while listening to you trying to think of how I would push this. You you really got to have – you got to lay it on thick, man, and I mean thick. You got to have Hogan and Bischoff and Jarrett just – I mean, gushing over Jeff Hardy and how great he is and how he's the future of wrestling and how they may be at the twilight of their career, but they're smart enough to recognize, you know, the next Elvis in the business. And they've got him with Jeff Hardy. And, you know, you just let these guys do all his talking. And that in itself, with those guys that are as big a personalities as they are, you let those guys do all of his talking. You just let him stand there with a smirk on his face and the belt over his shoulder, and you let them do all of his talking and Abyss do all of his real fighting and all of his dirty work. You've got an instant heel that everybody wants to see get his ass whooped because of his attitude and the way that the people around him are are, are talking about him. Then, you know, you go down the line a few months, you have Mike today come on Impact. For the first time and blah, 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 Jeff is going to speak. Jeff is going to speak to the crowd. And Jeff Jarrett comes out and addresses the crowd. Oh, goddamn, they'd be furious. You know, I mean, I would just have him set. I, I would set him up perfectly with what he's capable of doing. He doesn't have to talk. I, I just think in my, and maybe it's just me, but I think I could still pull him off as a heel. I don't know. I Like I said, I'm willing to give this a chance and see where it goes, but... Uh, I put it out there. My opinion is is on the internet. Everybody knows what it is. I just I don't see this working for Jeff Hardy. I really don't. Well, and like I said, I'll be the first one to agree with you come Thursday night. But I'm not going to say whether it'll work or not until I see what they do. It's all in how they package it. It's all in how they have their first show post Bound for Glory that's going to make or break this whole day thing. I mean, I think Pillman said it best in the chat room. The only way Jeff Hardy is going to come across as a heel is if he comes out in a suit, slicks his hair back. I think you said that. Uh, gets all the dye out, no more face paint, and starts cutting heel promos on the fat chicks that are eating the Cheetos at ringside and denounces them. I really don't think there's any other way that's going to work for Jeff Hardy. I just, like I said, I'm putting it out there. We'll see what happens. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I always hesitate to go that. I feel like that's what, that's what guys always do. You know what I mean? The, the, the heel approach is to, you know, you were a badass, so you got, I mean, this is what Jericho did, you know? Uh, he took the leather off and he put the suit on, you know? Um, yeah, but, but Jericho's Chris Jericho, you know what I mean? He, he can sell it. And, and Jeff Hardy, you know, his biggest downfall has always been when they let, I mean, that, 
even that promo he cut last night before the match, you know, and Swanton Bomb, baby, or whatever, it was terrible. You know, the guy has never been able to talk. So, you know, they got the work cut out for them, I think, you know, and, and yeah, you know, and, and I, I just think, though, all of this is just too reminiscent of, you know, what we've seen in, in the NWO and, you know, what... I really don't see a freshness here, um, and who knows? I mean, maybe they'll maybe they'll turn it around and they'll be able to bring a unique approach. Because maybe Jeff Hardy could end up being that unlikely uh, uh, face who turns heel. But right now, it just seems like a a much uh, a much fizzled out version of what we saw back in 96 well you know i mean my biggest complaint with this company and i addressed this with kurt angle uh last monday night in that big interview that we had my biggest complaint with this company is they are they are very uh what's the word i'm looking for they are trying to turn all their top baby faces into heels and all their top heels into baby faces and you know even kurt kind of agreed that yeah you know aj doesn't need to be a heel he should be the face of the company um, you know, Anderson should be one of the top heels in that company. I was very surprised he didn't walk away the champion last night and be part of this group. Uh, I, I just, I really think they're trying too hard to try and change things up. It's like, oh, well, this guy would probably be uh, a good heel, but let's make him a face. Let's do something different. It's just like when Russo pulls out the reverse battle royal or the King of the Mountain match, where you actually have to put the belt on the fucking rung to win the match. I mean, it's like you're going in reverse. I mean, some guys are not meant to be heels. Some guys are not meant to be faces. But in TNA, it's like, fuck it. We'll go live. Let's do it. And that's that's it what bothers it, me. And it pisses me off because I wonder how good they'd be if they just let people be what they're destined to be. Like, let AJ be that top face. And let Anderson be a heel. Let Jeff Hardy be a baby face. You know, I just I wonder if instead of trying to make these people into things that they're not, let them focus on the strengths that they have and where this company might be. Amen, brother. Preach on. So with that being said, anything else going on news wise, Nick, that we need to be uh, brought in on? Um, no, I mean, you know, otherwise, you know, obviously everything is is. Nothing's really come out yet since Raw is over, other than, you know, of course, what we saw on the show. Um, you know, there's 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 a couple of other uh, uh, exclusives up on WrestleZone that you can check out, but I pretty much covered a lot of that here tonight on the show. Um, so that's uh, that's about it for us. Well, now, now hold on a second. Uh, have you heard anything yeah. else further on Nash? Nash. Uh, well, just at this point, you know, it's 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 really interesting because you know here here we went, you know, this whole time. Uh, it was, you know, he had these tweets posted about how it was time for him to be a father and, you know, uh, um, you know, he, it's time to let the young guys run the company and his body is beaten and broken and he just can't do it anymore. And then last night, uh, when I was talking to, a, a, a source in, in, um, in, in TNA, you know, you had a lot of re- there was a lot of reaction from everybody in general as to what happened on the pay per view last night. Not just with the Jeff Hardy situation, but you know, Jay Wow, uh, Dixie Carter's tweet that took place. 
Uh, and I told the exact quote from the source I spoke with. He said, you know, here's Nash either working everyone or really pissed off because they're not giving him the money that he wants. Uh, and, you know, he's tweeting that his body's broken, blah, blah, blah. And then he tweets today, it was about money, <laughs> and sort of the truth comes out. You know, so on the one hand, you always have a guy like Nash who, when you report, you know, that, oh, his contract is about to come up, he's battling back and forth for more money, he's the first to come on and criticize the Internet for saying that it's about money when it's never about money. And now here he is throughout whatever the truth was and whatever it wasn't and all of these opinions people had as to whether it was a work or a shoot. What was it? He finally comes out today and says, I'm working my last set of impact tapings tonight, and it's because we couldn't agree on a money deal. So there you have it from the horse's mouth. It's apparently a money deal that didn't happen, which leads me to believe that probably within a few months, maybe even before the year is out, we'll see Nash back in TNA if Dixie Carter really wants him that bad and if they're willing to finally give him that money. Well, he's the kind of guy that, you know, they talk about Matt Hardy over on the WWE, how, and I've heard this from several different sources, how he was considered somebody that they wanted to keep around because not so much for his ability, but for his his mind, for the business, and what he could bring to the table after his career. Kevin Nash is that guy also for TNA. I mean, I'm not saying give him the book, but let him set in on the committee and let him have a you know a, a, a say in what goes on, because he would definitely help them out there. Absolutely, you know, and it, it just it looks like after you know after you sifted through all of the sand, at the end of the day, I suppose it's all about the money, you know. And, again, these aren't reports from other people. This is a direct tweet from Kevin Nash himself. Uh, and maybe this was his final, you know, maybe this is his final tactic to just come right out and say, thanks, everybody, but I didn't get the money I wanted. And maybe he's hoping they're going to come back and say, well, all right, if really this is what it's about, we'll give you what you want. Well, you know, and I think Deadeye has said something here in the chat. I'm just looking at that. Uh, you know, maybe now there's a possibility with him leaving TNA Wrestling. I'm not saying he's going to go to the WWE full-time. I don't see that as an option. But with uh, WrestleMania 27 just around the corner in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, maybe he could be on good enough terms with the WWE to get inducted into the Hall of Fame considering he was such a big part of that NWO angle in WCW, and he was a big part of that company. Uh, you know, and and even when you look at his WWF resume, I mean, he was a big part of that company as well. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen? But I mean, that could be a possibility if he's done with TNA Wrestling. Absolutely, I think that would be a very likely possibility because, you know, assuming he is actually finished with TNA, I mean, you see Vince McMahon is plugging Mick Foley's book, uh, which means that he's at least probably interested in negotiating with these people. <laughs> Was, was talking before with Bill Goldberg, as Goldberg said in his tweets. Uh, you know, Kevin Nash always remained close friends with guys like Shawn Michaels, you know. And, I, I, again, it would take money. I'm sure it would take a good money offer from WWE to come out and, and sort of work that weekend. Uh, I'm absolutely sure he would do it. Now, he did say in a tweet when he said that he was finished with TNA, 
he quickly followed by saying no WWE uh, to kind of instantly quell any rumors that would start that he's going to go work for WWE. But, yeah, I mean, I think we would all pretty much assume he's not going to go work as a talent. He's not going to go work as in an on-air full-time capacity. But the Hall of Fame thing sounds like it definitely is a possibility. But, hey, with a guy like Nash, I'm sure the money's got to be raised. You know what? I just have one thing that I want to say about that. If, in fact, Kevin Nash does get inducted into the Hall of Fame, there's only one person I want to see induct him, and that's Shawn Michaels. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure he would do it, you know. In a heartbeat, I'm sure he would. All right, Nick. All right, Nick. Well, we appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for uh, coming on and getting in the zone with us here as we uh, break down the news of the wrestling world. And, again, the big buzz, the 10-10-10 fallout from Bound for Glory. So we'll keep our eyes and ears open and keep our eyes on WrestleZone. Thank you, guys, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right, Nick. We'll see you next week, buddy. Bye, guys. All right, Nick Paglino of WrestleZone.com for another edition of Get in the Zone. Definitely uh, one of the premier wrestling websites out there. If you're looking for news, rumors, all the information, and some of the greatest columns out there, uh, especially by old trade dogs buddy Mark Madden, you'll find it at WrestleZone.com. That guy's such a bag of douche. <laughs> bag of douche. I love he it. Is. He is a walking bag of douche. Oh, a Chicken shit bag of douche. Well, he never accepted the challenge, so. Read into it what you will. But on that note, maybe we should go ahead and take our first commercial break of the night, come back, and uh, get some more of the festivities started. Sounds good to me, man. Let's take a break. All right, guys. We'll be right back with more Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Santo Loco, and you are listening to Wrestling News Live. <laughs> we keep it hard, There's nothing more gross than stinky, yellow, nasty earwax. My name is Dash and Cody Rhodes, and I'm here to show you how you too can be dashing. In order to remove such an unsightly substance, use a cotton swab. You want to gently place it in your ear, move it around in a nice, circular motion. Don't stick it in too far. Wouldn't want you to hurt yourself. That right there will move that nasty, mustardy, cheddar cheese, awful substance from your ears. I'm Dashing Cody Rhodes, bringing you one step closer to dashing. The King of the Mountain, and I'm on Planet Jared right now, listening to Wrestling News Live. Hey you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you checked out the new Unplugged on Friday nights? Well, if you haven't, make sure you check out 
the new Unplugged Friday nights with JJ Sexay at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, where JJ covers Smackdown, video games, and whatever the hell else he feels like. See you in chat. Since 1996, audio wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. Stars of SmackDown collide with the superstars of Raw in the one night of the year where only one rivalry matters. WWE bragging rights. SmackDown has the power, the finesse, the big red monster, and me, the largest athlete in the world. Raw has the size, the speed, the heart, the soul, and me, John Cena. Which brand will reign supreme? You're either Nexus or you're against us. WWE bragging rights live from the October 24th, only on pay-per-view. There's so much more to the internet than porn. Like this. Just like driving on an open highway. Turning face to stars and straps. Hand me one more. That's what I'm here for. All my favorite songs. Playing the best country music. It's the absolute best in country music with the TD Top 20. The top 20 songs in all of country music. Right here on WTR with your host, The Trade Dog. Come on, DJ. Hit me with another track. Get up and party while we count them down and check in with artists that make these hits happen, like Jason Aldi. Bartending is, I'm, I can do that. If you, anything you like to drink, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Crown and Seven is my specialty. <laughs> and Carrie Underwood. That's a, an amazing, sad, and happy time in somebody's life. And the daughter's saying, it's okay, Mom. You know, he's good. He treats me like he's supposed to treat me. This is what you would want for me. This is a man that you would want for me. Are we on the air? Yes, you are. The TD Top 20 Countdown with your host, The Trey Dog, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central, every Saturday night on Wild Talk Radio and the SNS Radio Network. The station with the best music. Best music. I love the music. Best music. Wild Talk Radio. WTR. Get in the zone. 
with WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. Your one-stop shop for all the latest news and rumors in the world of pro wrestling and cutting-edge editorials by former WWE announcer Kevin Kelly and former WCW announcer Mark Madden. An extensive forums board for the casual wrestling fan. Stop by and sign up to chat with knowledgeable wrestling fans. Get in the zone with WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Does listening to Wrestling News Live make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan? Would the Trey Dog drink Velvet Sky's bathwater? <sighs> well, hello there, Velvet. some good bath water, baby. Listening to Wrestling News Live does make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan, although it will not save you any money on your car insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new Wrestling News Live. And now, here are your hosts, The Trade-Dog and JJ Sexay of SundayNightShowdown.com. Alright guys, we're back right here, Wrestling News Live, the SNS Radio Network. And that was Kurt Angle, oh yes. It's real, it's damn real. The promo right here on Wrestling News Live. Kurt Angle, the epic two-hour interview last week on this program. The archive is off the hook. The downloads are off the charts. Definitely check that out if you missed last week. Where the hell were you? You missed one hell of a show. Myself, the Trey Dog, and Kurt freaking Angle. And there's a lot of speculation right now in the chat room. Uh, is Kurt Angle done after what happened last night at Bound for Glory? Well... Kurt Angle said he would re- he would retire if he did not win the match at Bound for Glory. As we all know, he was screwed by Bischoff, Hogan, and Jeff Hardy. Do you think Kurt Angle's really going to retire? I don't think so. Because who wants to go out on a bad note like that? Obviously, he's looking to exact a little vengeance and even the odds a little bit. Don't count Kurt Angle out, but uh, I definitely would have to say watch the show this week and find out your answer. I would ma- I would just imagine that they're going to reveal that piece of paper Dixie signed to be control of the company. Kurt Angle's going to come out and cut a promo and say, well, technically I wasn't the one that was pinned. Mr. Anderson was. However, um, in light of what happened, Dixie and I had a meeting, and she signed me to a one-year deal. And then you're going to get Bischoff's music, and he's going to come out and say, whoa, 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 Dixie doesn't have any power. I've got all the pull. It's on this piece of paper right here. She doesn't have the authority to hire or fire anybody. And then they're going to cut to a vignette to where Dixie actually had a premonition with they coming in on 10-10-10 
that she would need some firepower to help her fight the good fight and that she actually signed Kurt Angle to that one-year extension two weeks ago back when she still had power. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's that's a good scenario. At least that's what the old trade dog would do if I had the magic ink pen. That's how I'd book it, so there you go. Well, like I said, I mean, obviously he got screwed over. I mean, now the stipulation was if he did not win the match, if he did not walk away with the title, whether he didn't get pinned or not, he was going to retire. But given right. the circumstances of you know being nailed across the back with a crutch and turned on by Hogan Bischoff and Jeff Hardy, uh, I can't see Kurt Angle going out on a note like that. I mean, obviously, for those of you that are not in the know, uh, it's very public that he just recently signed another one-year extension with the company. And, you know, we even joked about that in the interview with him last week that, uh, you know, if he didn't win, he was going to retire. He said, yeah, he'd have one of those WCW contracts. And, of course, we mentioned Nash on that. So, um, you know, a good chuckle was had. But I think that, in all reality, Kurt Angle's just getting started. Uh, he's got some major major things to avenge from this past Sunday's Bound for Glory. I just kind of wonder where some of these people come from. And I'm talking about people in our chat room. I mean, Jim, I just I wonder if you are like the poster child for the Special Olympics sometimes. Wow. He just drives me nuts. You know, Jim kind of reminds me, uh, you know, maybe you're familiar with this, Trey. I know that Back in the day, I used to watch cartoons. You remember the old cartoon where you always had the guy that was upset and the rain cloud was always following him around? Yeah. To me, that's Jim. doesn't matter what he's doing in the chat room. The rain cloud is over Jim. He's busting my chops because I'm trying to tell our listeners what I think they're going to do with Kurt Angle, saying that I'm giving out spoilers. Yeah, he couldn't tell anybody what happened, and yet I'm giving out spoilers, and he's upset. Well, Jim, I guess you need to start your own show. Everybody else does. That's a good point, partner. That's and a really apparently good point. you can be mildly retarded and have your own show, so go for it. Oh, I mean, you, wow. can, you can seriously, in this, in this day and age, have a touch of the tard and be a radio host. So go for it. Why not? Everybody yeah. else is doing it. You should too, Jim. Fucking A, right. Get I a mean, piece of the pie. Hell yeah. This world's big enough for all of us. That's right. You just can't fix stupid. That's right. <laughs> oh man uh, you know like i said i know last night we went a little long on the post show for sunday night showdown and we really did discuss in detail the they angle you know why we thought it would work why we thought it wouldn't work and we've discussed it tonight i mean overall i know there's a lot of internet hate since last night i mean somebody said earlier in the in the uh in the chat the WrestleZone forums are 99% hate for what TNA put on last night. There's a lot of internet hate toward TNA wrestling. And, again, going back and, and watching the pay-per-view last night, I can understand the hate, and I can understand how people are upset. And I even had a, a discussion today with uh, my co-host on the CauseCast, which happens every Tuesday night right here on the SNS Radio Network. Cheap plug. Uh, Charles Shane, another cheap plug, yes. Um and he wasn't, you know, real big on what happened last night on the pay-per-view and, and thought that the ending was really bad. And, you know, after discussing things with him, the problem is with TNA is they're too goddamn cerebral, okay? I mean, you know, Triple H is known as the cerebral assassin. But in all honesty, TNA tries to book a cerebral product. It's all about, 
you know, the mind games with TNA. You know, as a wrestling fan, and I'm not saying that all wrestling fans are idiots, but as a wrestling fan, I want things simplistic. I don't want to have to overthink everything. And I think that's the problem with TNA, is that you honestly have to sit there and rack your brain around something. And you have to think about the angles they're putting on to get them. And again, I don't know why wrestling has to be so difficult. It's good versus evil. It's always been good versus evil. It's about a story. It's not about a convoluted movie story. And I think that's where they come up a little short. And that's just my opinion. Well, and they're, they mentioned it in the chat room. There's always going to be butt hurt for TNA. Yeah, that's the true. Internet's always going to shit all over TNA. It's the cool thing to do. I almost wonder if... And I know there's a lot of things that have factored into who they became. But I almost wonder if when Hogan and Bischoff came in initially, how differently it would be received had they come in as they out of the blue as opposed to coming in and being there for almost a year before turning heel. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I wonder how it would have been received had 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 Hogan and Bischoff not been a part of TNA Wrestling and debuted last night with the Hardy turn, how it would have been received then as opposed to the fact they've been there all year as the baby faces and now they're heels. Okay. I wonder how much differently it would have been received. I just wonder. You know, um, I, I don't know. Uh, a part of me says I think it had been a lot cooler had they just shown up as they unannounced. But originally, we all know that Paul Heyman was originally supposed to be the guy. That fell through. Um, they scrambled from that point on to to make it work. Now, I, go ahead. Sorry, Trey. I just think that there's other ways. Maybe, maybe they could have done this a different way. Separated Hogan and Bischoff. You know, left one of them as a babyface, one of them as the bad guy. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that the fans were expecting somebody from the outside to come in, and when they got people that were already there. They went, oh, well, that sucks. You know what I mean? There was no outsiders. They were all insiders. And I just think that the TNA fan base and the wrestling fan base, I don't think the TNA fan base gave a shit. They're, they're happy either way. I think that the, the IWC, I think they were watching, hoping it was going to be somebody from the outside coming in. But yet they're also the first ones to bitch any time from the outside comes in. I mean, the IWC is going to bitch no matter what. They're going to bitch about the fact that they ended up being Hogan and Bischoff and, and Jarrett and Abyss and Hardy, four guys, five guys that had already been with the company. And then you say, well, what would you have rather had? Oh, well, we would have rather had somebody from the outside show up that hadn't been there. And then two weeks later, when somebody from the other side shows up in the company, they bitch. Oh, there they go, hiring more outside talent. What? <laughs> That's just the way the Internet wrestling community works. That is true. I mean, I, I, I'm with Pillman. I think they are fine. I think Hogan and Bischoff, and with everything that they're trying to play up to, they're trying to say that Sting told you a long time ago that they were going to kill the company, that they were the cancer. 
and they're trying to pin the death of WCW on Hogan and Bischoff. And that's what Nash and Sting and the Pope are trying to say. They've already ruined one company. Now they've come in, and you've let them in the front door to take over another one. That's exactly what they're getting at. So, like I said, it all boils down to how well they book Thursday night show. And if you can't wait and go read the spoilers, go read them if you you want. I I personally won't, but go ahead. But it's all going to come down to how well they book Thursday's show, which they filmed tonight. Once I see that, if it falls flat and they don't deliver, then I'll be right there with you going, okay, this may not work. But right now, we don't know. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to see how things turn out. But I would have handled things much differently. That's just me. Blair 16 times says he read the spoilers, and Thursday is an amazing show. Take that for what you want. The first thing I would do as as a booker, as a writer, is I would have Samoa Joe go knock on Sting's do- door in the dressing room, or have I'd have Samoa Joe go find Sting up in the rafters. That's the first thing I'd do, and I'd have Joe say, "Look, I don't like you. I probably won't ever like you, but one thing I hate and can't stand is being made a fool of and being lied to. And Jeff Jarrett double crossed me and used me." And if you're going to be the one that helps take them down, I want to be a part of it. What that does is it gives Sting some muscle in case Kevin Nash does, in fact, hang him up. And, and that's a good plan. I mean, if, if Nash is, in fact, done with the company, I think a guy like Samoa Joe could be on that. Like I said, when you look at the guys that are going to be against this, they, them, whatever the hell you want to call them, NWO 3.5-69, I don't know what they're going to call this group. Don't really care. But when you think about the opposing force, you've obviously got, and I could have said the Taliban, but since they've banned that in video games, I figured we'd go with opposing force. It just seems to work itself through. You know, it's interesting, JJ, that that, 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 that I just thought of this. When it comes right down to it, I guess you've got Abyss and you've got Jeff Hardy and you've got Jeff Jarrett. I guess those are the three guys that are actually going to be able to lace them up and wrestle representing that group. But that doesn't scare me. And I wonder why, knowing that, I wonder why, knowing they were going with how they were going to go, knowing they were going to go with Hogan, Bischoff, Abyss, Jarrett, and Hardy as they, I just wonder why, with that being the way they knew they were going to go and the way they knew they were going to end the pay per view, I wonder why they went that way and then still let EV 2.0 beat Fortune earlier in the night. I think if you knew you were going to go this route with a new faction being they and whatever they're going to call themselves, I almost think you needed to get rid of one last night by having Fortune demolish EV 2.0 and then as they get stronger, let Dixie come to the Fortune group and say, hey, you guys are all TNA originals outside of Ric Flair. You want a place to, to work. You need to fight for your right, no Beastie Boys intended, and represent this company and help me help you by taking out they, or they're going to cause such a cancer that you're not going to have a place to work. But they can't do that because Fortune is too busy with EV 2.0 or have AJ Styles in a way to turn Fortune into the babyface group and get AJ Styles to that babyface side that we all want him on, have AJ Styles knock on Dixie's door and say, Dixie, look, 
you know, we've had our fun at EV 2.0's expense for a couple of weeks. But at the end of the day, we're all TNA originals. And this is our company. This is the house that AJ Styles built. And I'll be goddamn if I'm going to let a bunch of WCW cancer come in here and, and trash my company and destroy the company that I've worked so hard for. And let I'm just here to let you know that if you need fortune, fortune is there for you. And I see where you're going with that. And maybe that could work out. But in the long run, it just, I mean, as far as EV2 getting the win last night, it made absolute perfect sense for them to win the lethal lockdown. They've been on the short end of the stick over the last couple of months. Every time there's been a match between the two factions, they have lost every match. So going into this lethal lockdown with fucking weapons attached to the top of the cage, and you've got a guy, or you've got guys that made extreme famous that that were famous for hitting people with chairs and guitars and and ladders and tables so it didn't really shock me that that was going to happen in fact i even called that aj styles was going to be the man to get pinned because i kind of feel like by the same token though i used to be a hell of a baseball player and now i'm 35 i can't play like i used to well that's that's true they used to be good at extreme wrestling but they're also now all in their late 40s they're not as good as they used to be. Right, but do you think it would have been a good idea to have Fortune beat them with a straight flush after they've beat them uh, every time they stepped well, into the ring? That, it depends. I mean, because we don't know really what their plans are for EV 2.0. I mean, I, <laughs> I can't believe, and I will tell you now that I said it then, if this is a once a one-night thing or a one-night thing with one impact to follow, I'd be happy with it. Anything longer than that, I'd be... Right there with the rest of you wanting to know why. Now I'm wanting to know why. I want to know why EV 2.0 is still on TV doing what they're doing. Well, I mean, it makes perfect sense. When, when you think about everything you've put out there, as far as your analysis on why they are there, it makes perfect sense for EV 2.0 to align themselves with the woman who allowed them one last chance to come out and show the world what they could do. Yeah, but, I mean, you have to put they over... Three, you have to put they over EV 2.0. Well, you would think. But right now, they only have three guys. Hogan and Bischoff aren't going to wrestle. Don't be surprised to see Fortune so, join that group. Do what now? Don't be surprised to see Fortune join they. No, no. Flair's got too big of an ego to do that. We'll his see. His group is his group. All right, we'll see what happens. As and that's just the way I look at it. No. And, and you know, here's the sad thing, J.J., is it's 2010, we sit around so many times on this show and tell people exactly what's going to happen. And it does. And then we come back on the air and go, see, we told you. At least we're at a point now where between the chat room, the emails, the phone calls, the two of us, and, and, and Nick that we have to bounce ideas off each other because we don't know. We don't know for the first time in a long time what's going to happen next. And instead of everybody bitching and burying the TNA product, they should be praising it for the refreshing thing that we all have to think a little bit for a change. That's what's sad about the wrestling business. That's what's sad about wrestling in general is that you finally get a company giving you what you say you want and then you shit on it. Like I said last night, it's like asking for a pony for Christmas and then shooting the motherfucker. <laughs> That's a good analogy, Trey. I like that. 
You know, I mean, we're getting what we want. We're getting storylines from the main event of the card all the way down to the X division, the tag teams, the women's division. They've all got serious storylines on a two-hour broadcast. There's not much filler. Everything has a reason, and everything means something. But then you watch WWE Raw, and if it's not about the main event, then it's just there to fill time and give them a reason to promote and try to sell something to you or get you to another pay-per-view. We got a company giving you what you want, giving you exactly what you ask for, and you turn around and all you do is shit on it. Just blows me away. I hear you, man. But I mean, as as far as TNA goes, like I said, I'm gonna give it a chance. I do support the product. I like to play devil's advocate a lot of times. You know that. At least I'm objective in my criticism. That's what makes this show work. Is that we don't always agree. That's true. Um, let's kind of cover what happened tonight on Monday Night Raw briefly before we kind of take phone calls and kind of wrap things up. We've got uh, several things to do yet before we end the there show There was a tonight. bell at the beginning and a bell at the end. Thank you for watching Raw. There you go. And Trey has pretty much given you the effective Raw recap for tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Trey, for that wonderful recap on Monday Night Raw. Uh, now, we started things off, of course, with John Cena. Uh, and, of course, The Miz, both guys kind of bickering as to who was going to end up being the leader of Team Raw going into bragging rights. Barrett comes out, of course. Uh, of course, Riley is with The Miz. Barrett says that he's not going to be a part, John Cena is not going to be a part the bragging rights match as he will be in his corner when he takes on Randy Orton for the WWE Championship at bragging rights. Of course, the general manager comes in and says that later on in the night, they're going to have a match, and whoever wins the match will be the team captain for Team Raw between both John Cena and The Miz. So there was also going to be, the, the general manager said there would be several matches on the card tonight that would basically stipulate who was going to be a part of Team Raw. So going to the first match, we had Ted DiBiase versus R-Truth. Of course, the winner will end up on Team Raw. An interesting match, to say the least, uh, the finish came when Goldust and Exana came down and distracted Ted DiBiase as uh, R-Truth got the roll-up and uh, hit the lie detector for the win. So R-Truth advances and becomes the first official member of Team Raw. Next up, we had John Morrison, or Jomo as we like to call him on the show, uh, taking on one half of the Hart Dynasty, Tyson Kidd. Uh, a very good match. Morrison looked fantastic. Basically hit... Paul Burchill's old finish, the C4, the walk the plank, which is a uh, flipping rock bottom type maneuver. So Morrison advances to be the second member of Team Raw. Next up was an interesting match. We had Zack Ryder, who didn't even get an intro tonight. He had the jobber entrance. Taking woo, on woo, woo, you're jobbing. That's right. Woo, 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 you're jobbing. And he when took you on. don't get an intro... And you're wrestling Santino, you're about to be a fucking TNA employee. And I know there's a lot of people out there that think Zack Ryder has all the potential in the world to be a main event guy. I'm not seeing it. I'm sorry. I I don't have a dislike for Zack Ryder, but uh, you know, but I just I don't know. He's man. good at what he he's good at what he does. He's a good tool. He's a good idiot. He is that. He is that. But uh, moving on to the match, Santino Morella versus Zack Ryder. Very short matches. Santino hits the Cobra for the win. And advances to Team Raw. So, for keeping score, we've got R-Truth, Jomo, Santino Morella, all part of Team Raw. Of 
course, Tamina runs in, celebrates with Santino, and basically uh, tries to jump in his arms and takes him down with what I would like to call a Luthez press. So a very interesting development between the emerging relationship, obviously, uh, Tamina and Santino Morella. Next up, we saw Justin Gabriel, part of the Nexus, taking on the WWE champion. Uh, A very good match back and forth. There were quite a few spots that were missed, however. And at certain points uh, in the match, I thought Orton was kind of losing his temper with Justin Gabriel. Uh, The finish came when Randy was prone on the ground. Justin goes up to the top to try and hit his, uh, his 450 splash. Orton rolls out of the way, and he still ends up getting connected uh, with Justin Gabriel as he comes down on the rib area of Randy Orton as he tries to roll out. Uh, Randy Orton gets up. He's clutching the shoulder and, of course, hits a beautiful RKO for the win on Justin Gabriel. Uh, so who knows? We might have just seen the beginning of Justin Gabriel getting fired on Monday Night Raw because it's never good to piss Randy Orton off these days. Uh, no, I mean, that'll, that'll get you fired with a quickness, but... Could you please um, recap that Raw team to me? Okay, back to the Raw team. We have, so far, no team captain, but we have John Morrison, R-Truth, and Santino Morella. Hmm. Okay. Because I know when I'm trying to field the best team of Raw wrestlers to go after SmackDown, I'm going to pick Santino. Yeah. (laughs) That one was interesting. Uh, Now, this next matchup, Last week, we really didn't get an opportunity to kind of review Raw. And I did a little bit of that on the Causecast. I talked a little bit about it even on uh, Unplugged this past Friday night. If you missed it, there was a point last week where Sheamus had a match with the United States champion, Daniel Bryan. What happened in this match was, before the bell even rang, Sheamus, coming off a loss at Hell in a Cell, attacked Daniel Bryan and did not give Daniel Bryan any offense or defense in the match. He just beat the living crap out of him. And, of course, the IWC erupted like Jesus had just been thrown on the, crucifix, on the crucifix. I mean, nobody in the Internet wrestling community was happy over what happened last week. I personally don't understand the hatred. Aside from the fact, had the match been different, had Daniel Bryan started things off without Sheamus attacking him before the bell rang, and without Sheamus getting the uh, the benefit, or excuse me, the advantage, then it would have been a completely different match. Uh, for a guy that's a two-time WWE champion, I don't see what all the bitching is about. Sheamus is cemented as a solid main eventer for years to come in this company. A report came out talking about Triple H, uh, Randy Orton, all kind of giving their you know uh, stamp of approval on Sheamus. He's going to be a major superstar for this company. I mean, he's going to be a veteran, you know, in ten years, and that's that's something to uh-huh. look forward to. So, as far as Sheamus is concerned, his absolute destruction of Daniel Bryan was a part of his character. I've said all along that he's a throwback to a old school heel wrestler that is a bully to the guys that are smaller than him, but kind of backs down and cowers from guys like Triple H and Randy Orton. He played this up perfectly last week. Again, I don't understand the hate, but even Charlie Haas felt the need to talk about how they buried Daniel Bryan with that squash. Now, granted, I think it would have been more effective to have a guy like Evan Bourne get jobbed out like that, but, I mean, let's be realistic. It's not like the U.S. title has that much prestige anymore. It wasn't even defended for how long when Dan, when uh, when the Miz was still the champion. 
But uh, as I said, I don't understand all the hate. So we see a rematch from last week, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. And let me just say this. Daniel Bryan, as soon as that bell rang, took it to Sheamus. A very good match. He stood toe-to-toe with Sheamus and did fantastic. Did he win the match? No. Look good. Losing clean to a two-time WWE champion is nothing to look bad about. So I don't really see the argument that they've completely killed Daniel Bryan. He is and always will be the underdog on the WWE roster. He did it the whole first season of NXT, and things haven't changed that much other than having a few victories and a title over The Miz. So again, I don't understand the butthurt. I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I, I read a lot of that was on the internet, and I was like, wow, are you, really? Really? This was that big a deal? I mean, he got jumped from behind. He never got a chance. He was damn near knocked unconscious before they even rolled him into the ring. It's not like they did this to Triple H, Randy Orton, or Cena. This is true. So. And, and, of course, this match was, you know, for a spot on Team Raw. So, obviously, we now have Sheamus added to the team for Team Raw. So, the only weak link so far in the Team Raw roster would be Santino Morella. So moving on to our next match, this one was a good one. As you know, last week, Edge was traded to SmackDown, Trey, correct? Yes, and I predicted the person that they brought over uh, somewhat. It was like my second pick, but still. So tonight, we found out who Raw's draft pick was. Somebody in our chat room picked it exactly. I don't remember who it was, but somebody in our chat room said CM Punk right off the bat. I'd like to give him credit, but I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I don't remember who it was either, but it was said in the chat room. So the Raw draft pick, courtesy of Edge going to SmackDown, became CM Punk, who has pretty much gotten rid of the Straight Edge Society in, in recent months and is now part of the Raw roster. He took on Evan Bourne. Again, this is for a spot on Team Raw. Very good match with CM Punk obviously hitting the uh, his finish and uh, pinning Evan Bourne. And then after the match was over, he spent a lot of time uh, just beating the hell out of Evan Bourne. The report coming out, Evan Bourne has to have uh, shoulder surgery, and so they were looking for a way to get him off Raw. Well, they did it tonight as CM Punk brutalized poor Evan Bourne, and it uh, looks like he will be having shoulder surgery in the very near future. Um, at one point, CM Punk is even telling him as he locks on the Anaconda device that it's nothing personal. So I kind of like that touch that they're making CM Punk a badass again, and uh, it's good to see him back on Monday Night Raw. Uh, our next segment fell a little flat. We had Natalia. <laughs> <laughs> we had Natalia uh, cutting a promo on Lakel. Of course, Lakel comes out and you know basically rips on on Natalia and says that all the divas respect them, but they're afraid of them. So. They walk out. They they did show a funny graphic though that uh, they they said that Natalia had to shave her face uh, before every uh, every Raw because she had her dad's goatee and they they showed a, a picture with Natalia and she looked kind of interesting with, with her dad's goatee. I thought it was kind of funny, but um, she still needs a little bit of work. Does Natalia on, on the on the mic skills? Not really great. At She's a little work in my bedroom too. Well, I, I bet. I, I bet. Um, and so, lay cool. Michelle McCool looked good tonight. I don't know what it was. I don't know what she did. I think her hair was just a little different or something, but she looked fucking good tonight. No, I mean, I, I think both Layla and McCool look great. I mean, they, but they I always mean, goddamn do. goddamn props to The Undertaker. I mean, how old is that motherfucker? And he's hitting that on a regular. That's true. 
I'm just curious, though. The fact that they're married, does that mean that she's into necrophilia? I don't know, but when people say, oh, my God, I'm such a fan, I wouldn't even introduce myself as the guy with the 20-year win streak at WrestleMania. I'd be like, I'm the guy banging Michelle McCool. <laughs> That's a good point, Trey. It's a very good point. So, of course, Natalia stands in the ring as Lakel walks out. We have several divas come from behind, chase Lakel back into the ring. Natalia hits... I believe Layla in the ring locks her in the sharpshooter, and that's how the segment ends. So uh, we know that at Bragging Rights, it's probably going to be Natalia taking on a member of Lakel to uh, possibly become the Unified Divas champion. And if that does happen, uh, you know, I think she deserves it. She's one of the few women. I think it will on that brand that can go. I think it will. I think she'll end up winning the belt. I really do. We'll have to see. I'm I'm pulling for her, but I'm biased. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why they pulled the belts off the, the hearts and pulled her away from them somewhat to start a solo thing, you know, when they did. And I think it's just because they're they're saying, okay, now we got Beth Phoenix on the shelf still. We sent Jillian down to be a trainer and a, and a you know, advisor down in the minor leagues. Um, they're hurting for divas that can go. And the right. sad thing is they got one in Gail Kim. They don't use her, you know. But when it comes right down to divas that can go, I'd have to say your top, f- well, I'd have to say your top three probably would be number one, Natalia, as far as getting in the ring and getting it done. And then maybe Gail Kim, or you can switch those depending on your personal preference, I guess. Um, I just think that those two are the top two, and then you might throw in, Melina or Michelle McCool at number three, depending on your flavor. And that's not really anything to brag about right now. Well, the Divas division has uh, has suffered a lot in recent years. I mean, obviously, with Mickey James leaving, with Beth Phoenix being injured. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like the Divas division is more than, you know, nothing more than just uh, eye candy. I mean, it's it's not about wrestling anymore. It, it really hasn't been for many years oh, in that yeah, company. Oh, yeah, a long, long time. We'll see where it goes. I'm pulling for Natalia personally, but uh, you know, we'll see if it uh, if it goes a little bit further than bragging rights. If it maybe goes to Survivor Series, but at some point in time, you got to believe that she will be the first ever third generation uh, Divas champion. I guess I'm just a horny old man because Nick in the chat room says Melina isn't that pretty, but I'm sorry. I used this with Lita for many years, but if I'm sitting in a bar and she's sitting next to me and she wants to go home and fuck, we're going home. I hear you. But from the neck down, I think she's gorgeous. From the neck well, up, mean, not so much. Not one person in this chat room is going to tell her no if she wants to get naked for him. But everybody says, oh, she's ugly. Ugly or not, dude. I'd put her toenails in the wall. Well, I hear you. I hear you. But let's let's move on to our main event of the night. Of course, this one has a huge stipulation tray. The winner of this match will be the team captain of uh, Team Raw at Bragging Rights. We've got John Cena versus The Miz. A very good match back and forth. The Miz, to me, has has grown so much as a competitor, uh, as a wrestler in the ring, on his mic skills. I mean, he really is becoming the go-to guy in the WWE, and I look for a big future uh, with him. Of course, Alex Riley uh, was at ringside. The stipulation He's for this really match. He's really good too. Riley is really good, and teaming and him happy with the Miz. To the Miz. Yeah, no doubt. Happy birthday. Teaming Riley with the Miz was a was a brilliant decision because. Oh yeah. Those guys work well together, but uh, the stipulation for this match, uh, it was no disqualifications, no countouts. So uh, Riley injected himself several times uh, into the match. Of course, Wade Barrett was there as well. 
The finish came when McGillicuddy and Harris came out and interfered in the match, allowing The Miz to get <laughs> the win. Mac Daddy in the chat room has the, 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 the quote of the night, the, the, the chat line of the night. Why does it matter who's captain if they don't get to pick the team? That's stupid. <laughs> He's right. Well, Who gives a shit? That's true, but I mean, uh, the, the general manager or the, the MacBook or whatever you want to call him basically said that the reason he was doing it this way was because, are we getting a, a message from the general manager of uh, Wrestling News Live? I do have a message from the general manager of Wrestling News Live, and I quote, tell the Mac Daddy it doesn't matter what he thinks because I'm the general manager and I do a lot of things that don't make sense. At the end of the day, it will all make sense Storyline-wise. All right, there you go, Mac Daddy. You've been told. Very I guess that's the best answer that you can get. I guess. Who knows? We might hear from that bastard again later on. But uh, back to the main event, of course, Cena loses. Miz advances. It is the team captain of Raw. Uh, after the match, we see a confrontation with Barrett and Cena in the ring where he's basically telling him to attack him, but Cena can't do it. So that's pretty much where the show leaves off. But uh, they did add a stipulation that Husky Harris and Michael McGillicuddy would get their first opportunity next week on Raw, which will be right here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I am making plans to go to the show. Um, so we'll, we'll have to figure out how we're going to work Wrestling News Live next week. But I plan on being in attendance to watch McGillicuddy and Husky Harris make their debuts for the company in the ring against John Cena and his partner, the WWE champion, Randy Orton. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. If McGillicuddy and Husky Harris win the match, they will become a part of Nexus. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was your Monday Night Raw recap right here on Wrestling News Live. The talk now has moved to Playboy in the chat room. He says he doesn't think that Maurice will pose naked in Playboy because WWE is still PG. Playboy already has Maurice naked all over the place. Just look it up. Go find it and enjoy. Yeah, she's been naked for them several times. It's worth the price of admission, I promise you. <laughs> nice. So I guess we should take a break. It's coming back. We're going to play What Hardy Said It and uh, or Which Hardy Is It, and we'll let one lucky caller participate in that. And uh, we'll take your phone calls, and I'm sure we got emails to read. Yes, we do. So with that said, we'll be right back right here on Wrestling News Live right after the break. The official voice of Rival Forge Wrestling. And you're listening to the innovator of wrestling radio that's made for the fans by the fans. Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network, the island of Misfit Radio. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's 
from headlocks to headlines.com. You want some? Come get some. You're either next us or you're against us. Awesome! Get out of my way. All it's going to take is one RKO. WWEShop.com, the home of official WWE merchandise. For a limited time only, WWE Shop has reduced prices on all t-shirts. Pick up your authentic top rope or basic tees while this special offer lasts. wrestling fans, this is the North Star, the Stampede City Samurai, the Shogun of the Squared Circle, former X-Division champion Hotshot Johnny Devine, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live, right here on the SNS Radio Network. The following is a public service announcement from Wrestling News Live. Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that... Uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his uh, his girlfriend Jenna Jameson. No, he probably tried to fuck her. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway, and he just said, "What the fuck? Where have you been?" Slap. <laughs> that reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back when he said, "You know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon." I mean, how can you, in all honesty, be a person not in the porn industry, married to a porn star, and be okay with it? <laughs> You know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy, and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up, and while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else. While you walk to the mailbox to get the mail, she's fucking somebody else. When you come inside and turn on the TV and have a cup of tea, she's fucking somebody else. Then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy. She comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else. <laughs> then she comes home. You tell the bitch that you want dinner. She makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed. And you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> you're having tea. She's getting tea bagged. <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. Can you dig it, dig it sucker? sucker? Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Can you dig it, sucker? <laughs> Sunday night showdown. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library, and it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away 
in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. Welcome back to Wrestling News Live with your host, JJ Sexy and the Trade Dog. All right, guys, we're back. Wrestling News Live. Myself, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexy, and of course, I'm joined by the raging redneck, the Trade Dog, the original host and founder of Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. That's right, baby, the award-winning Wrestling News Live. And I don't know what's going on with the awards, but keep voting. I know the WrestlingRadioAwards.com is up. I don't know how they've got it fixed right now. I think it's still on interview. I don't know. But uh, go check it out and vote for us. We'd appreciate it. Absolutely. I mean, I think we're a shoe-in after that uh, two-hour classic with Kurt. Boy, I'd like to think, but... I'd like to win some more awards and just interview of the year. Absolutely. I, I can't, I can't uh, disagree with that. So lately, Matt Hardy has been being Matt Hardy. He's the best in the world at self-promotion, and the Internet is his donkey. So he's come out with a multiple personality thing. He started making videos when he was sent home overseas from the WWE and removed from the SmackDown opener, he started doing videos about why and what was going on, all these cryptic videos. And then all of a sudden, he developed a secondary personality, Matthew, all caps, Hardy, his alter ego, the one that likes to get him in trouble. And so I thought we'd play a game called What Hardy Is It? And your choices are Matt, the good guy, or Matthew, all caps, the bad guy. And I guess we'll take the third caller, JJ. All right. The third, the third caller to call in, if you want to go ahead and start the music, we'll take the third caller. Just, you know, don't answer the first two, answer the third. Sounds good. And we'll play What Hardy Is It right here on Wrestling News Live. So that's caller three at 501-588-7957. Caller three gets to play. Which Hardy is it? This is going to be fun, Trey. I don't know if you heard the recent video by Matt Hardy, but he apparently, well, there's one call. Oh, there's, there's the second call. Oh, we have a winner, ladies and gentlemen. And he hung up. Oh. <laughs> Epic fail. What a dumbass. <laughs> Let's try this again, shall we? 
Oh, now the phone lines are lighting up. Well, yeah. All right, I do believe we actually have a caller on the line who's going to be participating in which party is it? Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? What's up, Fruit Booties? Fruit Booty! That could be only one person, Trey. That, my friend, is Stevie Ray. And I have, where have you been? I, I have this on an on, on, uh, temporary hiatus. Okay. I needed to get some skills together to get back on the mic. I hear you. I hear you. It's all good. It's all good. We're just glad that you're back. So good. You know, you know, I don't miss you. You, you, and uh, when you came up, it's probably not your fault, but when that ridiculous idea of paying for a p- subscription came up, <laughs> I missed you there. <laughs> but when you came back, it is all good. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome, and you don't have to worry about that happening ever again. We're here for the fans, by the fans. You know how it goes, man. It's all good. It's all good. Like the first three years I I was listening to you. That's the way it should be. That's the way we're trying to hold it down. All right. What's up with this game we got? All right. Now, this is called What Hardy Is It? And I'm going to read you a quote from Matt or Matthew, and you have to tell me which Hardy it was. Was it Matt or Matthew all caps? (laughs) <laughs> all, all right. right we got it let's do this all right you got to get three of these correct before you get let's see two wrong how's that you got to get three right before you get two wrong all right all right here we go the first one let's go and uh, hit the matt hardy computer Please prepare to select your Hardy personality. Was it Matt or Matthew that said the following statement? All right, Fruit Booty, your first statement is, Kids, be safe. It's not okay to play with guns and swords, but it's okay to eat grapes, though. That would be all caps, Matthew. All caps, Matthew, your answer? Yes. Oh, no. No, that was Matthew. Or that was Matt. I'm sorry, not Matthew. That was Matt. You're already 0 for 1, dude. Okay, let's forget about that. We're going to go on to the next one. All right, here we go. On to quote number two. Wrestling can insult its viewers today because the people that watch wrestling today are the diehard fans. Wrestling fans today are smarter than they have ever been. I hate it when we insult the people. I'm going to have to go with Big Matt. Matt Hardy, it is correct answer right there. So now you are one and one. you got to get two more right before you get one more wrong. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Next quote. Life can be very challenging, as we all know. Life isn't easy at all. Not at all. That would be Matthew. 
Matthew, all caps for a correct answer. That's two in a row by the Fruit Booty. All good, baby. It's all good. One more either way. One more either way. Are you ready? Yes, go for it. All right. Again for your, your next one, we go back to the computer. Alright, the Hardy Tron 5000 has spoken and has given me a line. And now we're going to see if the Fruit Booty can guess correctly to be a big winner. You Only don't win anything. Can... Only way I can lose now is if Matt Hardy was right above me, touching me with his penis. That's correct, but that is not an answer, so stand by. Here we go. Alright. Me, I'm up for hunting. What am I hunting, you may ask? Well, let me explain. Keep your gun loaded and be ready because you never know where your hunt will lead you. Hardy. Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. We go to the judges. Oh, Fruit Booty, you failed. (laughs) That was Matthew all caps. He must be teabagging me in his mind right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but you are not a winner on this edition of Which Hardy Is It? (sighs) But we thank you for playing. Oh, thank you very, very much. I will take my consolation prize, which is absolutely nothing, since I wasn't going to get anything anyway. That's right. You know how to win right here on Wrestling News Live. Thanks for playing. And and before you walk away, you have to actually cut the promo. This is Stevie Ray, and I just got teabagged by Matt Hardy's penis. Yep. I just got teabagged by Matt Hardy in his testicular weakness and Matt Hardy's balls. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Actually, you have to say the phrase. Are you ready? Okay, fine. Okay. Let, let's head that phrase again. I'm Stevie Ray, and I just got teabagged by Mark, Matt Hardy's penis. Hi, everybody. My name is Stevie, Stevie Ray, and I just got teabagged by Matt Hardy's penis. There you go. All right, Stevie Ray, man. We appreciate you calling in, buddy. You have a damn good night and keep going keep going no matter what trey Trey, we will brother you you you've been my man for almost four years now keep going will do brother and thank you for listening we appreciate that all right now have a good night you too all right fruit booty be good (laughs) oh successful debut to the which matt hardy is it game right here on wrestling news live that was your first ever edition of Which Hardy Is It? We'll play again in a couple weeks. We'll let Matt say some more ridiculous shit, and then we'll bring it back. That's cool. I enjoyed that. Just know that if you don't win, you have to say the phrase, Hi, my name is blank, and I just got teabagged by Matt Hardy's penis. I don't think that's fair, considering it is a Matt Hardy contest. No, I was busy that whole time, so I didn't get to go see how the chat room responded to the game. Oh, they were answering in the chat room, too. They were, actually. You had, you had the... Uh the chat as a captive audience. 
<laughs> they were on the edge of their seats every time Stevie Ray got it right or wrong. So the suspense was uh, was very dramatic. Now, next week on the show, we're bringing back uh, What in the Blue Hell is Goldust saying? Woo, 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 woo. So be ready for that next week. Very cool. With that said, I think I'll open up the phone lines. We'll take some calls as we're starting to wind things down here on Wrestling News Live tonight. This just in, Slick Nick Nirvana in the chat room has used Cody Rhodes' grooming tips and is now dashing. Well, I'll be goddamn. I know that uh, Internet Dave from Sunday Night Showdown seems to think that all the uh, things he's been doing, like finally you know, cleaning his ears with Q-tips and brushing his teeth, that he's you know, one step closer to dashing, and we keep telling him it's, it's just not really working for him. I need you to do me a favor. What's and that? The next time that he's at the house for a Sunday night showdown, lift up his pant leg and see if he's shaving his legs. If he is, he's fired. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's not uh, shaving his legs, but I'm also pretty sure that there's no way in hell, Trey, that uh, I'm going to find that out for you. So, uh, sorry. Okay, well, just tell him that, hey, we're having a costume party. Everybody has to wear shorts. <laughs> He's dumb enough. He'll believe it. Wow. That's awesome, Trey. I mean, who the fuck's Internet Dave? Well, he's an Internet legend, thanks to uh, our, our dearly departed friend, JSK. Um, with that said, let's go to the phone lines, 501-588-7957. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Hollywood. Hollywood. Hollywood, always up to no good. Yeah, speaking of Internet Dave, I guess he has a new... Uh, uh, I guess uh, nickname. I don't think that's quite. You know, I think it needs a little like topping to that. You know, I think it's not quite complete. Yeah, what's up with the fun time internet Dave stealing Shelly's moniker thing? Uh, you can blame Mark the well, Shark to Carlo on that one. Well, I like I said, I think it needs a little bit more to that top. I think it needs to be super happy fun time internet Dave. Super happy fun time internet Dave. Yep. So it spells shit. <laughs> Wow, I'm, I'm oh, sure I guess Dave. There's an F in there. Never mind. Poor Dave. He's listening to the archive right now. Upset. We still love you, Dave. Or, or if as we didn't. If we didn't, we'd have fired you a long time ago. Well, as as Steve Austin once said, and I, I love to quote him very often, "I like you, not a lot, but I like you." <laughs> not a lot, but I like you. Anything else, Hollywood? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Uh. Last topic going on tonight. I love the new neck. I love the Nexus angle with John Cena right now. That's really going good. That's you know, all the how that. Yeah, they're building that up pretty good. They're building that up well between him and and Wade yeah. Barrett anyway. Definitely. I love how that you, you know every time John Cena thinks he's got a little bit of you know space to crawl around, do something. Wade Barrett pulls him right back. Says, "Uh-uh, you're working for me." Yeah, I just wonder how long it's going to be before Wade Barrett says, "By the way, stop coming out to your music and come out to ours and put this T-shirt on." Because, I mean, that's another payoff right there. That's another big Monday night for him right there. John Cena has to wear the shirt. Right now, it's just like he's a cousin to the Nexus. He's not really in the Nexus. The armband doesn't do it for me. I want to see him dress like the rest of them with a black Nexus hat, a Nexus shirt, you know. Yeah, and in on his tights and everything else, you know. Yeah, like Concept says in the chat room, they're dragging that out for a purpose. Oh, yeah, they are, of course. You know, they got to keep it going. Right. And you guys, yeah, guys brother? Oh, yeah. Uh, a little bit on TNA. I know you guys were talking about that earlier. You know, and you guys were talking about, like, 90, 1996 and all that, you know, and, like, Ric Flair back in the day had the Horseman. 
they, you know, and, and like you talked about how you, but you know, like you know, AJ Styles, you know, in fortune, you know, knocking on Dixie's door. Well, if you remember back in 1996, you know, uh, you know, like when Sting and uh, Lex Luger asked, you know, the Four Horsemen for their spots, that slowly made the turn for you know. The Four Horsemen being the biggest heel group in WCW in 1995 and early 96 to being one of the biggest face groups in that group, like promotion. So I think that will kind of happen again. And the pieces are in place. I mean, let's just make once again, we're just going to see what they do on Thursday. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So, all right, man. Well, we appreciate the phone call, brother. Yep. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you later, Hollywood. Hollywood, always up to no good. Let's go back to the phone lines. 501-588-7957. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Hello. Oh, fuck. Is this the Pickle King? Uh, If you want to call me that way. It's the Pickle King of Chicago. (laughs) You're the only one who likes to say it that way, so I'll take it. You know that, you, you know the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yes. You know when you go into that, they go into that restaurant and Ferris is like trying to get a name off the list, and he reads the name off the list, and they she goes, "You're so and so," and he says, "Yes," and he says, "She says," and the guy says, "You're the sausage king of Chicago," <laughs> and he goes, "Well, yes, I am. That's why I don't know. For some reason, I think of that whenever I think of you, and I call you the pickle king. I don't know. You're the pickle king of Chicago." This and is, I take all the blame in the entire world for putting that thought into the Trey Dog's fucking head. The I, Prince I just, of Pickle Town. You know, every I gotta take that off his mind for years to come. I'm gonna have to endure it. <sighs> Zane Rapture in the chat room saying Abe Froman. Abe Froman, yes. The yes. sausage king of Chicago, but the most iconic moment the most iconic moment in that film, or, or at least one in the restaurant, is when they do the, the phone call, the fake phone call from the other phone. Right. This is Sergeant Peterson. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's some good shit. So what is on your mind tonight, Walkie? Well, I, other than I, your I, hair. Other than my hair. Or what's oh, left yeah. of it. I got a haircut, by the way, if you notice. Oh, that's anyway, um, news. Yeah, aren't you excited? Uh, no, anyway, um, I wanted to elaborate on something that I... Unfortunately, due to fucking mic problems, I didn't get the chance to do that on Sunday Night Showdown last night. Um, there, there is one thing that you got about the pay per view last night that I thought, you know, I don't think a lot of things, a lot of people have talked about this yet. But uh, wh- what are you guys? What were you guys' thoughts on the the set from last night's uh, pay per view from TNA? Because I think that was the best uh, set that they've had. So I just want to see what you guys think about that. Oh, I mean, whole- it definitely, it looked, it, it had a big time feel to it. It looked a whole lot, you know, more. It made it made it feel more important, you know. Mm-hmm. I almost think that it would help TNA if, when they do a pay per view like that, do the next taping from there as well. Hmm. You, you you know what I mean? WWE does that. They'll do a pay per view and then they'll do a taping in a city right next to there, if not the same city sometimes. Same geographical environment and all that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, and I think that's something that would help TNA. I mean, you're already there. You're you're set up. You know, have maybe a secondary set that just, you know, screams impact and not bound for glory. Swap it out during the day. You know, your seats are all still set up. 
Plus, it gives the next night, which the next night after a pay-per-view, the next showing after a pay-per-view, is always the one that you'll look forward to, right? Exactly, right. To see the fallout. Then it gives it another big night feel because mm-hmm. there's somewhere besides the impact zone. I, I think what's funny is that, you know, this is kind of the one aspect that, you know, maybe it's the old school wrestling fan in me that, you know, it's kind of like, ugh. it's like, it, it, it's funny that after last night's pay-per-view that you saw the set that T-Day does. I, it's kind of a good feel because, you know, WWE for the last, you know, 10, 12, 15 years have, I think in my opinion, they have kind of really overdone when it comes to the entrance set. Because it almost seems like almost like a rock star, rock band type of thing to where it's like freaking dwarfs the entire ring. You know, every time I see that throughout the years, it just kind of make, makes me feel like, well, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, you're sports entertainment, blah, 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 you know, just you know, dwarf your entrance ramp. Well, all it's going to eh. do is play music and all that. I, I don't. know. Maybe it's just kind of the Nick Picky part of me. I don't. I don't. I don't, you know. I don't look for that as being a big issue. Mac Daddy's no. got a good point. He says maybe TNA should have been live this week instead of last week. What would you rather see? Live Impact following a pay per view or leading into? I think a live uh, Impact would probably be more preferable. I mean, I too saw the spoilers, and I do. I will still plan to see Impact from uh, for for Thursdays, and. Uh, I, I think it would be pretty interesting to see how that works out. But, yeah, a live impact is um, it's much great. But um, I, I guess what I wanted to get to is what I was trying to get to last night because of my, my issues I wasn't able to, is that, you know, you know, last night to me was kind of, um, for the past several times I called into this show and I've been, like, you know, double negative on a lot of things. And I think tonight kind of shows me that, you know, TNA is worth supporting. It's been that, I've been feeling that way for the longest time because I really don't think anybody within the internet wrestling community truly realized, although you could probably say, oh, I think it's probably for the best, but I don't think the internet wrestling community truly realized where wrestling would be if TNA were to fail. And the WWE would be the true, true uh, company out there. Yeah, there's ROH, but they're not really, they're where they are right now until something changes. But I don't think really people can truly realize where, t- where the wrestling would be if TNA were to fail. You know, I criticized to death about TNA before. But I like to say, I like to put it with you guys, is like I could criticize, but you know, there's things that I can see positively that I can still support this company. And last night, I think, was kind of refreshing to see. And I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm willing to give it to see where they take Jeff Hardy. I think the one thing that makes me support it and think it could work is because it's worth the try. I think turning Jeff Hardy heel is more of a better risk than turning Jeff John Cena heel. Because... You know, Cena is the guy for is the guy of, of today's wrestling more than Jeff Hardy. So turning Jeff Hardy heel, I think it's worth the risk. Whether or not it works or not, it doesn't really matter what we all say as to what really is going to be the end result. It's too early to tell. It is too early to tell 
until I think maybe till from now until the next pay-per-view and turning point to see how this all works out. So I think it's too early to tell. I, I'll be honest, I am willing to give this a shot because there's a lot of more questions about this company in this direction right now that needs to be answered. And I think in many ways that's a good thing because going forward, it makes you want to see it more to see what the hell are they going to do with all their storylines with Fortune, with EV2, right. and now with this Hogan team, Hogan, Bischoff, thingamajig. I, right. And now, Walkie, Walkie, let me ask you a question. I mean, you're an educated wrestling fan. I don't consider you to be an idiot. I like to take shots at you and mess with you, but at the end of the day, I know you're not a stupid person. You can watch Raw like you did tonight, and you can watch TNA like you have been. And you kind of said it yourself, but I want to see what you'll say to this. You know, with TNA, you said you could look for reasons to like it and look for reasons to support it. If you don't like the Jeff Hardy switch and you don't like the they storyline, you still have Fortune, you still have EV 2.0, you still have a tag team division, you still have a knockout division with Mickey James. Mm -hmm. There are other things to sink your teeth into on that product. If you don't like the main event on Raw, what else you got? Well, good question because I think there's... Wow, that's a good question. Um, really, in a lot of places, there's really not a thing that's going on in WWE right now. I'll admit that, except for really the main storylines that they go on. But I think WWE is, has a history, except for a lot of things going on in the Attitude Era, where they base a lot of things on their main storyline, and they have little tidbits of things for you to look forward to. I think that not I think, but I, the the TNA has a lot of things going on right now that. I'm willing to look forward to. And I and it, it, there's a lot of risk factors that TNA is doing that I'm thinking, okay, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes, and I'm willing to support that. You know, like I said before, nobody, I really feel this way, nobody within the internet wrestling community really realize what would, where wrestling would be today with all the pay-per-view downtrends and all that the WWE has, if TNA were to fail. I, I think, I know you guys realize that too. I'm not trying to include you guys, but I don't think right. the entire internet wrestling community realize that. So I think in a lot of, in a lot of cases, uh, here's one thing too. I've, said, I've been this way since the Attitude Era. I don't consider myself to be a WWE fan or TNA fan. I'm a wrestling fan. I mean, back in the Attitude Era when Monday Night Raw and WCW was going on, my dad and I were to fight which one to watch. <laughs> it's like I always sit and watch a WCW, but my dad wanted to see Stone Cold flip a few people off and give a few stunners. Right. Oh hell you know? yeah! <laughs> you want to see Stone Cold Austin? You want to see Stone Cold Steve Austin flip? A Sorry, I had a couple beers today. You want to see Stone Cold Steve Austin flip the bird to Walkie's dad? Give me a hell yeah! Hell yeah! You've just been served, you some bitch. There you have it. All right, Walkie. Anything else, buddy? No, that's about it. I just want, I've been I've been wanting to get that off the, the chest due to my mic issues last last night and. Uh, no, that's about it. So uh, I'll let you guys go, and uh, y'all take care, and um, 
I guess I guess I'll take this with pride since the trade dog, the godfather of all wrestling radio, has put it on me. I'm gonna go to my pickle throne and pickle out. See you later, guys. Later, man. All right, that was Walkie. William Walkie Walkerson. Yeah, that's Triple W. Triple W. The Pickle King of Chicago. The Pickle King of Chicago. All right, let's go to the phone lines. I do believe we have another caller on the line. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who is this? Ah, oh, God damn it. Oh, God damn it. And they still fucking show. That fucking porn kid. And they still fucking show. Chris Kelly. Every fucking week. And they still fucking show. Never fails. Yeah, guys, how's it going, boys? People were actually chanting for you in the chat room to, to hear your theme music earlier, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Well, my theme is heard more often than than actually RVD. So at this point, one, yeah. How's um, your mom? Um, right now she's sleeping, but oh, she yeah. is. Wake her up. And we'll say, "Hey, Trey, wants to speak to you." No, um. I've got to make my point quick because I got caught in like eight minutes. Um, I did enjoy um, last night's pay-per-view. Turning Jeff Hardy um, heel was a fantastic idea, and it makes sense. Think about it. Can't, can't they, they can have a promo where he goes, Anderson, and Anderson, you claimed you were an asshole, or it looks like I am. Cut angle. One of your eyes used to be in, used to be in, in intelligence. Well, I well I I outsmarted you. So turning Jeff Hardy heel isn't really that bad of an idea. And if worse comes to worse, bring bring him up, bring him out to to turn him face. Yeah, I mean it's 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 an easy win win scenario, you know. And will and will Jeff make a good heel? We don't know. We have to see if if he if he changes his style of wrestling. If not, um, oh well, they can turn back to face easy because he's a great face. So right, that's my quick. So that's my quick point because now I've got to dash off to college. So I will speak to you boys. So wait point. a minute, we can't talk to your mom tonight. No, go to I've got college. So oh, I hear your mom in the background. Miss Crowley, are you there? Crowley, get your weenies and your pants on. You've got to go. Are you okay. listening to the show with your pants off again? No. Okay, I'll go. Peace, bye. Crowley's mom, are you still with us? She's gone, dude. Oh, man. He hung up, man. I mean. That is not cool, dude. He's on a timeout now. He is on timeout. I like talking until, to his mom. She's until awesome. he brings his mom on for me to talk to, he's on timeout. <laughs> God damn. Who'd have ever thought Crelly's mom would have it going on? I know, man. I know. And what's funny is we actually talked to her before we did the Kurt Angle interview. We actually did, yeah. Really nice lady. <laughs> I think she thought I was nuts, but that's all right. Well, she did think you were kind of nuts, but, you know, I mean... Yeah. Who doesn't think that? Uh, let's go back to the phone lines as we're going to wrap the phone calls up here momentarily. Uh, welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? What's up, guys? It's Concept. Concept. What's up, Kate? Not much, man. Um, I have two points to bring up, and this, this is something that I've been thinking about for a while, especially with this whole before the glory thing. Do you think TNA should maybe always do a live event before or maybe even after the pay-per-view? See, I think if they do those pay-per-views right and they travel and they're going to film the next night anyway, why not make – and it's all with how you book and, and you got to book the arena and make sure you got it for two nights. It's all in your public relations department. 
You know, you book the arena, you get it for two nights, you film the pay-per-view, or you do the pay-per-view live, and then you host a live impact. Not only are you going to get a chance at two different revenues, but for people on the fence, they're thinking, you know, I don't know if I want to go pay for a pay-per-view. You know, if, if you're hurting that bad, then let them pay one price for two shows. Yeah, but well, I think my, I, I think the night after the pay per view would be a lot better than the night before. Yeah, well, just because of the fact, I think it would bring in a higher viewing audience. You know, I do too, because just you always you're, you always care about the fallout more than the setup. Yeah, yeah. JJ, so what do you would, think? I would agree with that, but you know, my whole opinion on on TNA and the stuff they do, they should be doing uh, live shows every Thursday night. I mean, honestly. I think they need to do that to compete. I mean, not even compete well, with yeah, the WWE. But I don't know that that's their concern still at this point, competing. I don't know that they've got the kind of financing to do that. Now, granted, I say that, and they're spending $15,000 on JWoww. I mean, but what's next, 25000 on the fucking situation? I mean, if they bring in Snooki for 25000 I'm going to fucking go nuts. But then again, I'm not going to be hypocritical. It's not my wallet she's getting into. No, that's true. But... I mean, that's not saying anything either. I mean, i got a lot of friends that make money, but they're always hitting me. They make more money than I do, but they hit me up for a loan all the time because they mismanage the shit out of their money. Now, Trey, I, I know you're a lot like me, and you've had a lot of jobs in your lifetime. And in those jobs, weren't you always told not to tell your coworkers what you make? Exactly. Well, I said that tonight. I mean, there's who, who they're, they're, there's they're they're going to have to start putting a provision in these deals for these celebrities or these one night shots. We're going to pay you, but if it gets out what we're paying you, the pub, the publicity, and the and the, and the papers or the TV, then your deal's done. We won't even bring you in, and you won't get paid. No, but I mean, you got to you got to walk before you run. You got to crawl before you walk. And I don't know exactly financially what stage they're in. If they're crawling still, or if they're walking, or if they're about to start jogging, but the thing is, is you're a hundred percent right. It's like the chicken and the egg. I mean, what comes first, the advertising or taking Impact Live every week? But one or the other needs to be done. Even Kurt Angle said so himself, right here on this very program. By the way, Jeez. I think that TNA needs to do a lot of things. But the fact of the matter still remains: can they afford to? Until we know that, and it looks like Dixie's in for the long haul. I mean, it'd be stupid to quit now after you're finally starting to turn a profit when you were in the you know dark for so long. But you know, I don't know what kind of bank account she's writing checks out of. I'm assuming she's putting. I'm assuming she's got a lot of money. But at the same time, I host a wrestling radio show on the internet. Who the hell am I to tell her how to spend her money, number one? Number two, who the hell am I to know what it costs to do a live broadcast every Thursday night either? That's a good point. It is what it is, man. Like I said, if you're going to pay 15000 to have someone who's barely a celebrity come in to possibly try to do some type of promotion for your show, I just I don't see how this was working. This was uh, anybody you know with a name, I would say sure, but Jersey Shore... I don't watch that show. I don't know anything about it. So it doesn't help me as a wrestling fan at all to see Wow come in and make $15,000 for a five-minute run. I just I don't understand. No, but you know what? It, it does to others. That's the thing. We'll see what happens. We, we shall me. see. I mean, there's there's other people out there that 
are fans of hers that don't watch wrestling, then I'm sure we'll give TNA a viewing just to see what she's going to do. That's true. So, yeah. Concept, is there anything else, my friend? Yeah, the other thing, and I've been thinking about this for a while, but it's one of the... I, I, this just may be the whole be-all, end-all to what's up the IWC's ass. I've been thinking about it enough where it, it's really starting to actually seem like it makes a lot of sense. Um, TNA was, I think, I believe it was founded in 2002, and... I mean, a lot of a lot of people in the IWC. You see it everywhere. They're they're hell bent, even with WWE Attitude Era. Bring back the Attitude Era. You know, they're they're whining and whining and whining. But what they don't realize, and it's a simple thing, all that stuff took time, and they don't realize. You know, when they grew up watching wrestling, that was just handed to them. They don't understand the whole time frame how things happen. Now, for TNA to be such a you know, young company. I mean, it's going to take time for them to build up. But I think overall, that's what the IWC tends to overlook. They overlook the fact that things take time to be perfected, and and that's and that that even goes for the WWE. I mean, we've said it on here before. You know, they have to rehash the whole thing. You know how Hogan was back then. And people, you know, compare him to Cena now, like this whole rehash of trying to get kids in, you know, it's just, it's the whole point is, is that time is the number one thing that's overlooked in the IWC. They don't, if they were to look back and see things, you know, if there was no attitude error, there would definitely be a different face on the IWC. I agree. And, you know, if you're not careful, you're going to give Trey ideas. Our next game will be. <laughs> What the hell is up the IWC's ass? Yeah, but there's so many answers to those questions that you would be here all night. I found the bottle. <laughs> Sounds about right. But I mean, yeah, that, I just they the internet wrestling community. God love them. They keep us in business. But I mean, you talk about a bunch of people who like to fucking bitch and moan just for the sake of bitching and moaning. It's amazing. Yeah. It's true. We will see. <laughs> As always. All right, Big K, anything else, buddy? Nope, man. Once again, another good show. And I'll catch you guys later. All right, sounds good, good. Concept. We'll talk to you later. Later. All right, I guess with that said, let's go ahead and hit off some emails. We got a few that we need to take care of here in the Wrestling News Live mailbox. Can I have your attention, please? Of course you have an email, you idiot. Just read it. All right, we'll start things off. Very simple. Got one from Evan. Unban me. I'm sorry. No, Evan. You're banned. No, Evan. You're not unbanned. You're an idiot. Goodbye. We gave you chance after chance. How many chances did we give him? And then he said, well, just ban me forever. And so we've banned you forever. So thanks for the email. Glad you still listen, but you're banned from chat. Sorry. You're you're a bag of douche. That's right. Bag of douche. All right, let's move on to our next email. This one comes to us from our good friend, TM Bronx. Yay. Where is he? Um, I think he's working or something tonight. I don't know. I thought I saw him earlier in the chat, but uh, you know, it's probably too late for him. Um, See, I, I keep tabs on you motherfuckers in the chat room. I know where, I know who's here and who's not here. The title of this email is Negativity. Oh, great. So let's start things off. So after TNA Bound for Glory goes off the air, already I find negativity. I don't like to single people out, but Mark Madden has really raised the bar when it comes to TNA hating. 
<laughs> Let me elaborate on my feeling towards Madden. I used to be a loyal Voice of Wrestling fan, and towards the end when they brought in Mark Madden, I was excited. I thought he added a lot to the show, and I found him entertaining and intelligent. But now, it seems as if the only columns he is capable of writing are negative TNA columns. Madden is smart, but here's the problem. When you write, you use two organs, your brain and your heart. And the super genius, I scored 98 out of 100 on the English Regents exam in high school. I have a verified 145 IQ. The difference between you and I is that up until now, I've never used that fact to get me over and hide my faults. High IQ doesn't mean you have good common sense. I can't be the biggest asshole, or I can be the biggest asshole on the planet. Madden can only write with his brain. Everything is analytical and cold. No matter what TNA does, he criticizes them. So does 90% of the IWC. There's nothing wrong with recycling old gimmicks. Wrestling fans have notoriously short-term memories, and if something worked once before, it will probably work again. If you are a wrestling fan and you love the business, then why would you bitch at every turn about every freaking thing? I don't agree with everything TNA and WWE do, but there comes a time when I just sit in front of my TV, forget it's fake, and mark out. Why is that so fucking hard to do? As children, we had no problem marking out. I watched Hogan and Warrior as a kid. And when Hogan kicked out, or when Hogan kicked Sergeant Slaughter's ass, me, my family, and everyone gathered in front of the TV and jumped for joy. Sure, we knew it was a work, but who cares? Every so often, you have to just sit in front of your TV and watch wrestling. Pretend Cena is in a hellish situation with the Nexus. Pretend Hogan and Jeff Hardy are scumbags who played the fans. Mark out for God's sake. Wrestling is meant to be fun. It's meant to entertain, and it pisses me off when people strip it down like the goddamn Constitution. It's a show. As IWC members, we tend to critique and pick it apart. Well, guess what? When something unreal happens like the Bound for Glory, I drop my IWC membership. I mark out and go nuts when something like the They Angle unravels. Was it perfect? No. But I think TNA did a damn good job. I'm sick. I'm sick and I'm tired of people kissing the WWE's ass for any shit they pull off, but jump on TNA, even if it's the superstars, save a hundred kids in a burning building. If you're a damn wrestling fan, then you support a wide variety of wrestling products. I want TNA to succeed. I want Ring of Honor to succeed. And I want the WWE to succeed. I want the wrestling business to do well as, as possible. I want competition. People like Madden simply sour the business for everyone. Evolution takes place. Things evolve and advance. So instead of wishing wrestling was like it was back in the day, embrace it for what it is now. Don't watch it through your adult job, having rent, you know, rent paying, tax filing eyes. Look at it through the eyes of the child you once were. Mark out for God's sake. Jump for joy at the high spots. Cry and moan when your heroes fail. And stop bitching. Unless your paycheck is signed by Dixie or Vince, you're just a mark, just like me. Hogan was willing to take a dump on camera just to swerve us. Good for him. I think the fans genuinely felt sorry for him, but at first I felt he was wrong to string us along. But that's his job. He worked the IWC. I say again, good for him. If it gets people talking, if it makes for an interesting product and a surprise storyline, Dixie Carter, who, let's face it, started off as nothing more than an investor, is even breaking her ass promoting and supporting this product. She has gone as far to become an on-air possibility and for that, or personality, and for that, I salute her. She is trying. Does she throw shit at the wall and see what sticks? Absolutely she does. And good for her. Many investors would have given up by now. But Dixie is a champ. Stop calling her stupid and incompetent. 
Give her credit for the passionate businesswoman and personality she is. She's also very beautiful. So maybe I'm just smitten. And being a Mark can be fun. Being a Mark Madden can be miserable. This is TM Bronx, and I approve this message. Well said. Hear, hear. Very nice. So let's see. Moving on to our next email. This one comes to us from... Who is this one from? Jason from New York. Entitled, They Explanation. Hey, Trey and JJ, long-time listener here. Uh, I would just like to recap the They storyline thus far. June 17th, Abyss chokeslams Hardy off the stage and through a table. June 24th, Abyss tells Hogan they are coming and then chokes him while shoving Hogan's ring down his throat. Later Later on, Hogan hits Abyss with a chair. July 1st, Hogan and Abyss brawl. Hardy makes the save by giving Abyss the twist of fate and a swanton. Later, Abyss and Hardy have a match full of hatred-induced violence. July 8th, Hardy and Mr. Anderson double-team Abyss and hit him with a chair. August 19th, Hardy and Abyss have a nearly five-minute backstage brawl to kick off the show. October 7th, Abyss eliminates Jarrett and Hardy from a battle royal, costing them $100,000. October 10th, Russo Swerve. I would like a response to the question, How logically can this be explained? How could anyone defend this? Don't tell me they were faking their punches, please. I'm curious to know how they came to the conclusion that Angle and Anderson were going to kick out of all those near falls while Jeff Hardy was laid out and outside the ring. I mean, it's not like Jeff kept the match going to break up pins constantly throughout the match. Why was a ref bump needed? Hell, How do they even know that there was going to be a ref bump in the first place? Jeff was still outside the ring, so it's not like he caused the ref bump. I realize this is a long email, and I don't email often, but I'm positive these questions are being asked by many. Let me clarify. I am not a nitpicker when watching wrestling. Keep up the great work. Jason from New York. I can answer that question. I can answer all those questions with one statement. What's that? Jeff Hardy was not the original idea. No, he was not. I mean, they... Kind of like this raw general manager has gotten some legs now, but you know they've probably gone back and forth on four or five different ideas at this point on who that's going to be when they finally debut it. But uh, Jeff Hardy was obviously because of the points that you mentioned in that email. What was the emailer's name? Uh, Jason from New York. Jason from New York. All right, Jason. With the points that you made documented in time in that email, the answer is pretty obvious that Jeff Hardy was not remotely close to their first option or their first choice and in fact the jeff hardy turn only made sense once you put him in there with angle and and anderson because he was the one guy that nobody suspected had angle turned you would have went all right had anderson turned you'd have went see he was an asshole the whole time, and he just went back to being the way he used to be. But Jeff Hardy makes you sit up on the edge of your seat and go, now, wait a minute, what the fuck? And that's what they were going for was a wait a minute, what the fuck? And, you know, you, you bring up good points. Um, the whole thing, I'm trying to think of the best positive way of putting this. The be- the, the, the whole thing was done well from a storyline side but from an actual physicality point in the ring was not done very smart at all because you're right. You know, Jeff Hardy, you know, 
was outside the ring for a lot of that. He wasn't the one that bumped the ref, allowing Bischoff to come down with the chair. I guess to answer something like that, to put on my pessimistic hat here, I guess you just have to say that Jarrett or that uh, that Bischoff had a chair in hand and was ready to come out at the first possible moment and saw that as his opportunity. I I, I didn't book the match, buddy. I I don't know what else to tell you there, but uh, very good email. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you very much for a great email. No, I agree. That was a very good email, and he. I mean, had... I just I wish I could dissect it some more, but being live right here and not having everything in front of me, the only thing I can tell you is that Jeff Hardy was not their first, probably not their second, nor their third idea. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there was even speculation that, you know, they had plans for Paul Heyman to come in and do something. I mean, RVD. Who knows at this point? They wanted him to flop or to flip. You've got valid. You've got some valid points, but you got to remember sometimes in wrestling you don't always get what you want as far as booking storylines. TNA and at is at the end of the day. It's just a TV show, man. Don't don't let it get to you that bad. Uh, let's move on to our final email of the night. This one comes to us from uh, our good friend DJ. Had a few things. DJ. I had a few things to say about Monday Night Raw. It was a great Raw to lead us into bragging rights, and of course the Nexus angle is the reason why. I'm enjoying professional wrestling, but my thing that really bugs me is they haven't forced the bastard to put on the Nexus t-shirt. And, of course, if you do try to put that Nexus shirt on, does that consider him a heel or a face? The chat room during Monday Night Raw was buzzing about how they should make the kids start cheering for Orton by putting voices in his head, and they all agreed that the voices in his head were Disney characters, and, of course, that's PG for WWE. Oh, do the pun kick there, Randy. Okay, Mickey. Okay, Mickey. <laughs> well, golly, I think you should RKO'd him, quite frankly. All right, Goofy. <laughs> That's a good point, man. I like that. Uh, as for TNA, did you all enjoy those pretty stellar matches? I had a blast with them, but TNA needs to think of maybe shipping around uh, TNA to another network. And, of course, the network you should try moving to is reality-filled MTV. They don't show videos on it, but, hey, TNA and MTV equal ratings. And with that said, thanks for another great show. Don't stop this show. Let it ride till the day you die. Oh, and what's the rumor about Lita going back into the WWE, true or fake? And here's a link to it. Um, I, I heard something about that. I know she was recently on a on a radio show recently. Um, I believe it was in your head. She did an interview with them and said some things. The bastards are crazy over there. I'm telling you. And in fact, Matt Hardy made reference to Lita being on an internet wrestling radio show recently. Uh, and he is going to be putting out a video where he's going to do some discussion over Lita. So uh, apparently he kind of, I guess, got her, uh, she got the ire of, of one Matt or Matthew Hardy. We're not really sure which one. But he did put out a video the other day talking about how this whole Matthew thing was staged to get his release from the WWE. And right. he's got them where he where he wants them now. So basically he's claiming he has the WWE by the balls and he's going to be making the decisions to get out of his contract soon. If if I'm Vince McMahon and I'm listening to this shit or watching it on YouTube, I'm thinking, that's all right, Pally. You're going to sit your ass at home and draw money and do nothing. You're fired. Hope you got a lot of batteries for that webcam. No shit, buddy. I just make it, and it's nothing personal against Matt. I just make an example out of him. You know, I can't have my top talent 
thinking they can start doing radio shows and YouTube videos and trashing our company as a means to getting out of their contract because then everybody that wants out will just jump to that and start doing it. If they see that Matt Hardy has done it and it got him nowhere but sent home with a paycheck to where he got older and lost his edge, well, then, hey, I guess I'd start thinking about a different way of getting released. Yeah, starting to think the days are numbered. You know, he's obviously paying attention to a lot of the radio shows out there, a lot of the dirt sheets, and likes to make comments on them, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I got, a, I got a request for song of the night. What's that? We said this to each other earlier in the show. I said what if, and you said what if, and then I said what if. And with all the speculation and with all the what's going on with the they storyline, now we know who they are. We don't know what they're called. We don't know how Jeff's going to do as a heel. What if he does a good job? What if he does a bad job? I'd like to hear What If by Creed. Okay, well, it's going to take me a minute to get that one up. I actually had something else going. That's what she said. But go ahead, and uh, you start digging, and I'll croon to the the audience here. I do want to thank everybody for... uh, Tuning in to the show tonight. We had a lot of people here tonight in the chat room. Uh, good to see that each and every Monday night. Things are going to get better. I finally have my own place, and it's the apartment I've been waiting on for a couple months. The old lady finally moved out, and then they had to repaint and redo the whole apartment because she trashed the place. And so I got all brand-new everything, brand-new appliances, brand-new cabinets, brand-new floors, brand-new uh, everything, refrigerator, brand-new oven. And uh, I got all new furniture in here, and I've moved everything finally into the apartment. Yeah. Thank God. Um, but, yeah, I'm back. Everything's good to go. I want to make sure everybody tunes in to the Causecast on Tuesday nights. Make sure you tune into Unplugged right after uh, SmackDown. And now that I'm settled, I will be joining JJ for the opening segment of Unplugged every week to talk wrestling as we talk SmackDown. So I will be on Unplugged with JJ as well. The Doghouse will be back soon. And then on Saturday nights, I've got my country countdown over on WTR that you can also hear the archive of over here on Sunday Night Showdown and uh, check that out. But, yeah, come in to the WTR chat room on Saturday night, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, and hang out and listen to some music and just chill. So, the doghouse is coming soon. i got to work out a problem with my work schedule right now because there's no possible way that I can watch Impact and do a show to follow and do any justice from where I'm at. So, um, it may be a thing where the doghouse starts after reaction because that would give me time to watch the show and then get home from work and do a show. So... Worst case scenario, that's what will happen. It'll just start right after reaction. Just stay tuned. We'll let you know. Very cool, man. I'm looking forward to you bringing back the doghouse. Who knows? On some nights when, when the wife's away, I might even join you on the doghouse for a little while. You never yeah, know. I mean, that'd be awesome. I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, we've got Raw covered on Monday nights. JJ and I have SmackDown covered now with Unplugged and me joining him on the opening segment of that. Um, we'll do that on Friday nights. And uh, we'll have TNA covered on Thursdays with me in the doghouse. So there you go. I mean, who better to cover TNA than me, right? Yeah, you're, you're pretty much the guy. I think I think you and Flair three. Uh, I think you and Flair sixteen time could probably do a good good job hosting yeah. that show together. You guys are like the uh, the biggest TNA fans I know. I'm sure he'll be there. 
All right. Well, I do have a, a song of the night. All right. Song of the night. Hey, don't let the other shows fool you. I'm the one that created Song of the Night. What is it with every radio show now thinking they can do Song of the Night? What happened with that? I don't know, but I, I'm not even going to bring this show up by name, but there's another show out there that has now started doing the Stay Thirsty, my friends. <laughs> That's awesome. So with that said, we have Song of the Night. Uh, JSK is going to take us out of here momentarily. Again, don't forget the Causecast tomorrow night right here on the SNS Radio Network, I do believe, at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, which is 8 p.m. Mountain yes. Standard Time. I'll be back. Hey, and don't forget to send emails in because our emails are getting thinner. We need you to send emails in throughout the week, not just on the day of the show. So if something sparks your interest, send us an email to WNLshow at Yahoo.com. That's WNLshow at Yahoo.com. Absolutely. Don't forget Friday night. I'll be back with Unplugged. Trey's going to join me for that first hour to talk a little bit of SmackDown. And, of course, there is no pay-per-view this week, so uh, it's looking Whew. like it's going to be a nice weekend. No doubt, right? Yeah, no doubt. So with that said, let's kick it over to JSK, and we will see you guys next week right here, Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network, guys. Good night, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people.